0: Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and Guns coming Hey guys, brand new podcast, uh, as promised on Wednesdays Always on Wednesdays, the new birdcast on Wednesdays I'm working on the Stanhope vlog, everybody I'm juggling a lot of uh, plates in my career That's not the wrong, damn it, I'm already fucking this up Anyway, let's go through some tour dates real quick uh, If you're listening to this right now, right now I'm in Des Moines, Iowa This weekend, uh, the 14th, 15th, and 16th of April, 21 through 23, I'm in Calgary doing some Travel Channel stuff in Orlando the next week. And then Cinco de Mayo just announced I will be at Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia for a call-in-sick-to-work show. That's right. You guys call in sick to work, we day drink, I'll go to Preston and Steve early in the morning, drink on air, head right over to the club at noon and I will see you at the club and we will wrap up the rest of the day with day drinking down by Rittenhouse Square and I am unveiling brand new call in sick to work show shirts, that's right, La Machina Trabajo, what am I like doing a character, I feel like a fucking, I'm selling used cars just a fucking comic there's a fucking cop car in the background I don't know if you can hear that it really adds to it alright but call and stick to work show um get your tickets now Cinco de Mayo uh, that's Thursday the 5th of May for those of you who don't speak Spanish or are brand new to the country and unaware that we love Cinco de Mayo so call and stick to work show I'll go to Preston Steve hopefully the guys will come with me to the show we'll all start drinking and I'll be uh, selling brand new shirts that's all I'm bringing with me to that show is the Cinco de Mayo La Maquina shirts um Bray Improv the weekend after that, DC Improv the weekend after that, Helium St. Louis the weekend after that, Schomburg, Flappers, Orlando, Columbus, Funny Bone, Syracuse, Stand Up Live, Kansas City, Toledo, Albany, Houston, Philadelphia, Boston, New York, Dayton, Baltimore, Tampa, Morty's, Fort Lauderdale, New Year's Eve. All right, guys, That's uh, that's all you need to know. Uh, if you want one of those calling sick to work show shirts, if you've been to a calling sick to work show and you want to commemorate it with a shirt, uh go to birdbirdbird.com. They will be available they will be available probably in like uh a week. Two weeks maybe. That's it. The show's starting. Buckle up, fuckers. Um uh I had a great conversation with this guy. I, you know, it's so funny. I've been feeling a lot lately like uh I'm old and uh and I wish I could go back in my life ten years. And oddly enough, I'm talking to a man ten years younger than me, same age as my sister. And uh, he's at the peak, at the peak of of a career right now. I mean, it's only going to get better for him. But he's really blowing up. And I kind of was neat to have a conversation with him and see where his head's at right now at this moment, and where my head was at when I was his age and what I was doing. And I just I follow I follow him him and uh, Brant Tobler on uh, on social media and on snapchat and i see them touring together and they look like they're having a fucking blast with this comedy thing the way i think you should have a blast with comedy and there we have a lot of parallels and uh and we had a great conversation i could have talked to this guy for more but he had a meeting over at nbc that he had to get to and uh and he is he's a fantastic comic. He's an amazing television host. He's amazing talent. And he's a really cool guy. And I should be noted, I didn't say good looking once. But he is a stunning man. (laughs) And he's on tour with my buddy Brant Tobler. They go everywhere together. They are fun as fuck. If you really want to see a good time, if you want to have a good time, and you want to see a great comedy show, find them on tour. Follow them both on social media. But today, my conversation from Last Comic Standing... From extreme home makeover, from fucking, you name it. Jeff, die. This is hello. Check, check, check. I check, hear you. Check, check. I hear me too. Okay, that sounds good. Hello, hello. Oh, it's my volume level. By the way, I'm obsessed with keeping this in the podcast because I like this kind of shit when I listen to a podcast. What I like, I like the intimacy of it. You know. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Boom, baby. So, um, I don't know what I was saying. Something about Doug Benson. Anyway, um, dude, thank you for doing this. Thanks I, for I, having I, me. I really appreciate it. I'm a
1: fan, and uh, we've got a lot of mutual friends. I know. I, I I end up.
0: I feel like I end up following your tours because I I follow Brant on Periscope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now on Snapchat, which. I just I'm too old for fucking Snapchat.
1: Really? You oh think yeah, so? it,
0: Oh yeah, I've talked about this. <laughs> I talked about this with someone like last week, but like Snapchat depresses the fuck out of me. But
1: it's just the highlights of Periscope. No. Nope. Okay, let me rephrase
0: that. Snapchat does not depress me when I watch you and Brant. Right. It doesn't depress me when I watch uh Jesse May Maypeluso and Annie Letterman right. and uh and Brandon Wardell. Like It doesn't depress me when I watch those guys. But when I watch guys my age doing
1: Snapchat, <laughs> it's depressing as fuck. I think people would want to see you on it. No, it's – no, because it's, it's – I very... watched you walk through a mall the other day on Periscope. I think it's like probably a month or so ago. On Periscope? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Periscope, I So don't... I think like if Periscope's... I'm willing to commit to that of you just lost in a mall talking <laughs> to a, a thing, I could definitely – Get down with Burt Kreischer on a, on like fifteen seconds at a time of just highlights of whatever you think's funny.
0: Uh, yeah, but the problem is you end up uh, you end up getting addicted to it. See, the thing about it that made Twitter cool, which I guess Twitter's going out of style now. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But the thing that made Twitter cool was that you got these tweets from people like Jenny Johnson, high five, and 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 uh, Slash Lean, and all these really funny people, sure. and you didn't get to see what they were doing when they tweeted. You just got this funny line. This quick little sentence. So in a weird way, you could be like, wow, they must have been in the middle of getting on a private jet when they thought of that or whatever. Snapchat shows you exactly what that person's doing when they're using their social media (laughs) and holy shit, it is depressing. Some people just hang out with their dogs. Yeah. Like a lot of people that's it. just spend time with their dog.
1: <laughs> well, but I also think that's kind of the beauty of it. Like for me for Instagram, I'll follow anyone on Instagram. But yeah. I follow almost nobody on Twitter. You gotta be pretty dope on Twitter for me oh, to follow I f- you. I follow because everybody on Twitter. thinks they're funny verbally and they're not really. Like just comedians are really funny verbally.
0: It is it is it is mind-blowing how many people are not funny.
1: Yeah, they think they're hilarious, though. Everyone thinks they're very funny. How many people... That's why we have Mankind and, like, Steve-O doing stand-up, because everyone thinks they're (laughs) hilarious, you know? I saw the... Have you seen Steve-O's special on Showtime? No, I haven't. You should check it out. So, uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is like everyone thinks they're funny, but with Instagram, it's just like a picture of a dog or a picture of your food or a picture of coffee or a picture of some girl you're with. Yeah, and so with that I'm like, I will look at all these. I'm like, yeah, I love dogs. I, love I can food. I can scroll
0: my therapist and my therapist and I have connected the same energy that I put into drinking by myself. Yeah, with scrolling on Facebook. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, because it's, it's the same. It's the same. Uh, it's it's it, what it is. I am looking for a dopamine drip, like a serotonin drip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, like it all, is also the same energy that sends me to the fridge three f- three or four times in the morning, <laughs> just looking for anything, sure, just, like anything, and something to make you cheer up for a some, second. <laughs> something. I am looking for something, and I and 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 that is Instagram. It's it. I can see the the potential in Snapchat. Yeah. Cause like, Snapchat's I, great. I like following people who have families and like yeah. seeing about like people that I know that have families and seeing about their families. It's that is a more, see, I think we're like, like fine wine tasters when it comes to social media. Sure. And to comedy, like yeah, elitists a little bit when oh, it comes yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. We're like cheesemakers. We can tell you <laughs> the good cheeses that you'd go like, oh, it smells like farts. Yeah, no, but you're missing no. the end of, like the what <laughs> of, of what I'm catching. We're like of social media. You don't realize that a monk was spitting into a barrel a hundred years ago, <laughs> yeah. and that's what made this cheese. I can taste what the monk had for dinner. Like that's the way I am with comedy <laughs> yeah, and with social sure. media. I'm the same. And so, like, what I'm watching is when I watch Facebook, that's craft singles. That's sure. when, my, when I, my friends use Facebook. Fine. They're they're clearly just now getting on. the 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 same page as like narcissism of like this is me at a uh dirks bentley concert this is me at a at 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 rascal flats i'm sitting in the front row that's that's them yeah that's yeah that's not that great so when they use snapchat they're like they don't get they don't get that when they do that
1: same energy it shows me a different picture i did delete it originally I had Snapchat for a little while and I stopped because I would just be like a girl, like panning at like a brunch table with like mimosas and being like, Sunday fun day. And after like a hundred of those. I just deleted the app. I was like, I can't do this. Oh. But then after I think, because someone told me it's the fastest growing app right now. So yeah. like, All right. Well, I better get back on it. So I got back on it, and it's gotten better. I think. Did you to like, change your name,
0: or did you have the same username? I
1: couldn't get the same username.
0: I wish I could get rid of my name. Mine up. This is how long ago I got on Snapchat. I got on it was just dick pics. <laughs> so my screen name's Romeo Horsecock.
1: <laughs> So people are, like hesitant to or like uh, follow you. They're yeah. like, I don't know if this
0: guy is. It's almost like acquired taste. You got to really be a fan of mine to find me to on no Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's it is that thing. Like you do have this. It, it happens when you hang out with like famous people too. If you ever hang out with someone famous and you're like, oh, this would really get me
1: a lot of, yeah, views on Snapchat. Well, A thousand percent. But now I like Snapchat the way I like Runyon Canyon. People talk trash about, like, Runyon Canyon, I but it's like, Runyon. no, it's just hot chicks, dogs, and kids. Three things I love, and now that's what Snapchat's kind of become. It's just hot chicks, dogs, and little kids, and that's what people send me, and I'm like, this is the greatest. God, oh, cute damn. dog, cute dog. Oh, boobs, perfect. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm just watching these people send me all this stuff, and it's the greatest. Can porn stars not
0: show themselves totally naked on Snapchat anymore? No, you can do anything you want on Snapchat. Because I'm wondering why Albie, the girl I follow that's a prostitute, yeah. or a porn star, why she isn't just showing that,
1: tit pics. That's pay-per-view, baby. Oh yeah, I guess yeah she so. don't want to give it away. But trust me, I've seen some really horrific things on there. Things I didn't even solicit. Like I didn't even ask for. it. They're just sending. I was like, I guess that's allowed. Oh, yeah. I love
0: when I get dick, pic- dick pics from it's, fans. It's
1: incredible. Well, dick- I haven't got a lot of dick pics. I've gotten a lot of dick really? pics from
0: fans. Yeah, and I almost go like, ah, old school.
1: You got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you a ah, trickster.
0: <laughs> I used to be really into dick pics when we first when tw- uh, texting got into. Oh popular. yeah, yeah. Oh, I was sending them to just everybody. Just mass text. So I was like, I was like, I was like what's the paper trail going to be on this? There's no way they're going to find me on this. Oh, fuck. That's Luckily, really that they're funny. all grainy as shit because that's yeah. how old it is. We're talking like, flip cam. Oh, flip cams, blackberries. Like, yeah, those were my dick pics back in the day. That's
1: really funny. Yeah. But how old are you? 33. Oh, God, man.
0: If I could start this business over at 30, if I could be yeah? 33 right now, I'd be a mogul. Really?
1: Because I'm feeling pretty old drinking every night. I feel like I'm dying. I'll try it's it at 43. Me.
0: You look great. Someone just said to me, you look young. I never thought you'd be 43. I was, like, I was like, oh, yeah. I have a very resilient uh, Constitution so like what does that mean like so uh, I mean I, th- I don't I don't even wait by the way I might have just made up <laughs>
1: that sounded the word cool yeah Constitution I don't know what resilient or
0: Constitution really is about resilient is my bounce back I okay. bounce back really quickly and my Constitution is the the uh, just like the American Constitution the one page outline that is uh, your the, mission statement my mission statement that is my soul okay so like I like like uh in my constitution, it says we want to be able to do whatever the fuck we want to do, hey, whenever we want to do it. So I live my life. We like to, we like spontaneity. We like, uh, we like chaos. We love all that shit. We love, yeah. we love downward spirals. We love the peaks. We love it all. But my constitution also says within it, listen: if if you like that shit, then you got to pay it. You got to pay the piper in the morning and don't complain and go, oh, I can't make this. flight. Hey. You get the fuck up and you. And my my, constitu- my I will say to myself in the morning, like, no, man, you want to fucking live like that? Then you shower and you fucking hold back the thrower. Absolutely. Up. You fucking do it. Get hey, in the airport. We
1: live by the same strange code. Yeah. With the exception of marriage and stuff like that, I think we're the same. You're, I was going to say this too. You're the dude we all wish we were that's why i was so excited to do this and you are not you're humble and you don't want to admit I'm not that that's humble. you know it's so true you're the you're the guy like when i take my shirt off at a party and i'm like <laughs> let's do this shit yeah. people are like what a douche hey why's die got his shirt off like like they they don't want By it the way- if I had your body, I would I wouldn't own shirts. <laughs> yeah, but that, you say that, but it's not true. People hate it when I do stuff like that. Like I was at Cabo, and everywhere I went, I was like, shirts off, let's get ripped. Yeah. I was like just drunk from morning to night, yeah. and everyone was just like, why is? It took a lot of people to get on board yeah. with me having my shirt off. But when you have your shirt off, you're the funnest dude. Like they're like, Bert oh. is crazy. I love this guy, and so it's like, um, yeah, you're the guy we all we all want to be in a lot of ways.
0: Well, it's I, it's so funny. I, yeah. Well, thank you. I I'm trying to accept compliments, but. <laughs> the I I feel like uh, I feel like I look back and I go, man, I wish I had done it like that. Like I look at you and Brant touring and I go, oh, they're having so much fun. And I go to the clubs like right after you guys have been there. And they're like, oh, my God, we had such a great time with them. Yeah. At 33, I was – I want to say I, I already had kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I had a one-year-old. Really? I had a one-year-old. Yeah, that changes the game a bit. It changes the game a tad bit. I mean, but I never was like – I never – and you can ask Brant, because I think Brant and I worked a bunch together during that time, definitely. But, like, I don't think I ever – I was never, like, overly concerned with getting laid. Like, that right. was never my MO. Like, my MO was more, like uh, – I don't know what it was. It was just having a good That's time. That's how
1: Ty Barnett uh, – like, Ty Barnett's got this great line where he says, like, he treats sex like uh, like ice cream. He's like, I'm not always in the mood for ice cream. I mean, if someone offers me, some I'm like, yeah, I'll have a little ice cream. But (laughs) and that is like kind of a similar, uh, yeah. Like there's never like, you know, Bearcats once accused me of like he's like, oh, you're just drinking too much and out chasing pussy. But it's like you know nothing about me, dude. Like you know, you're not out on the road with me. You think I'm chasing pussy because that's what my social media might suggest. But no, trust me, pussy's just there. It's it's not like it's not like I'm not out chasing it. What are you talking about?
0: You're never going to out uh barry cats was it, it was a fantastic is a fantastic manager for anyone who's ever thinking about working with barry he can catch lightning in a bottle and he can change your career but god damn i disagree it, if that guy does not get comedians at all mm-hmm. like he does not like and i told him that i've told him this before he did not get the comic spirit i, I I've, I've said this a number of times there's a there's a difference between being a comedian, mm-hmm. being a successful comedian who uh, has a very uh, strong um, social media profile, uh, yeah. very very uh, likable digital footprint, sure. um, a, a, a good head of hair with great teeth that listens to what his manager says <laughs> Thank you. and does sure. all the things your manager says and has that one page on the day you need the one page sure. and if you want that person for an audition they're getting their acting coach and they're doing there is that is that isn't it that is a guy who works in this business sure. that is not what makes up a comedian absolutely a not a comedian's constitution is i believe is a fuck up at heart a guy who likes who got into this because he loves he attention it's okay
1: he wants people to like yeah. him he wants yeah. people to like him he wants to yeah. have a good time there's nothing wrong with that there's
0: nothing wrong with that and i man i used to Barry did not he i did a pilot one time i paid 5 grand myself my money this is when I had uh, one child already. I had five grand was not easy to come by. Sure. I paid for it myself. I shot it. It was a, called The Cinderella Story. I went out and did uh, did competitions with no practice, no training, no information about the competition beforehand, hoping that I could come from out of nowhere, stun the competition, and be The Cinderella Story. I love that. So it was a great – I, I a fun I, idea. I love the idea. I went into the Scottish Island Games down in Long Beach. I came in second place. Really? Like, no training. Just – for just, what network? Was it just on a I shot it myself. I paid really? five grand. I bought a film club. What happened? I I've edited it. Barry of course by the way, Barry, you know I love I you, could sell that but, in, I could sell that at
1: three o'clock today.
0: And so uh I I it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I paid for all of it. Barry was of course was an executive producer because that's back in the day when he just stamped his name on everything. Sure. I then give it to him to so let him give notes because he does he did know television pretty well. And in the thing, one of the first things they did, it's a big drinking event down there. So they all want me to drink. And I'll, I'm a big drinker anyway. So I do one shot with one guy. And then they, me and my buddy Chris Gillen were doing it. was like grab a flask and we'll fill it up with whatever. And you can pretend like that's your strength, like you're doing shots throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. so in, the shot, in the pilot, I think I do like 13 shots. Yeah. But the truth is I can't, it's, it's an entertaining pilot. And it's a scissor reel. was like you know seven minutes. And I come in second place. Sure. And, I, and I connect with all the guys. And we have a great time. And uh, it is ultimately the project that got me Birth Conqueror. because someone oh, nice. saw it and they were like, "We don't want that, but we want him." Sure. And so, uh, and Barry watched it, and he was like, "I have notes, Papa. I mean, I count thirteen shots. I find it disheartening that you would take the time to do this and waste it on drinking the entire day away." And I went, I, I literally looked at him stunned, and I went, "Are you fucking serious right now?" I go, Barry. I paid five grand out of my own money. Do, yeah. you really th- do you really think, honestly, that I would
1: waste it and get drunk all day? Right. Also, And A, if that's the network's notes, then we'll just scrap the drinking part. This is a pilot. Pull it out. I'm so good the
0: entire thing.
1: B, I... I can do what I want because I paid for it. Yeah, and also, see, uh, you know what America identifies almost f- first in most humans' lives? <laughs> Drinking. Yes, <laughs> like they drink. They go home from their awful job. Yeah. They have one to relax and not He's, yell at yeah. their wife. Their wife drinks wine and not yell at him, and they identify with a guy who's. Uh, he goes. I can tell you're hammered
0: by the end of it. I said, Barry, I was stone sober. I was stone sober. Uh, That's not and like and and then and there were like a couple other things. At one point, I realized, I think he, I think he can work with people. Who are uber productive and maybe got into comedy to get into acting or get into being a game Something show else. host or yeah. or like? Or I, but I think the true comic and I'm, when I say true comic, I, I, my, I'm thinking Doug Stanhope, Mitch Hedberg, sure. Greg Giraldo. The fu- you know the guys with s- artistic spirits that are a little bit sensitive. Myself, like the guy who fucks up. You know, like yeah, yeah. like there's a very popular story about this guy, Brandon Wardell. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a Mm -mm. a young comic. He got into a lot of trouble working at the DC Improv because whoever he was working with, I won't say the guy's name, because the guy's a really great guy, but whoever he was working with ordered chips and salsa for himself for dinner and brandon mordell is just this fuck up young kid who's a comic and smokes pot yeah and the chips and salsa come down and the guy starts eating them and he just goes and grabs one off the guy's plate and dips it and the guy goes what the fuck are you doing he goes i thought chips were like a communal food yeah yeah he's like you're out of the fucking green room kicks him out of the green room kicks him off the show <laughs> and grant is like i just wanted a chip like but it's like that's the comic is like the fucking idiot yeah. who just reaches in and goes come I thought chips were communal. Yeah,
1: like, uh, as you didn't pay for them.
0: Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I get what you're saying. And I and I and when I look at you and Brian, I go, God, man, like, I was fucking around at 33. I had a sure. kid. But, man, I look at you guys touring, and I'm like, fuck. That looks...
1: You guys get into the Vanderjack incident. We just want to have fun, A. B, we just want friends. And that's the whole reason I'm a comedian. I got picked on when I was little, and I wanted friends. I wanted people to like me. Yeah. I was ugly until, like, 21. Like, I had long hair and braces. I was very gangly. Girls didn't like me. The way I made friends is because I was silly and playful and yeah. the class clown and the goofball. The kid who would do anything. I don't know how many times I was in a scenario where I was like, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to do this either. But if I do it, they'll think I'm crazy and they'll think I'm cool. and th- So... I have no problem telling people like, yeah, I just want people to like me. I want, that's why I live is because I want the most, I want friends. I want people.
0: What what is for me, the thing that, that like draws me to a guy like you is the fucking Vanderjack story. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I'm not going to force you to tell it. I'm sure I've had Brant tell it. I'm sure you've had to tell it, but I will tell you real quick what I love about that story. Yeah. You guys are in Marco Island, by the way, I, we love you Captain Brian you're a great guy but that club
1: can be difficult at times Yeah oh my <laughs> so. I have never bombed that many consecutive shows Like cuz usually if you bomb Thursday if you bomb Thursday you go I got Friday man that's yeah, the weekend yeah. and then if you bomb Friday you're like Saturday there's no what no one bombs on Saturday nobody on the road is bombing early Saturday right, in the world right. and then Saturday early comes and you're like like you're into the first few bits and you're like What the fuck? I'm going to bomb every show because I know late Saturday and Sunday's not going to go great. Yeah. Uh, It's the. I bombed every show. It's an open
0: air raw bar with a comedy club, which Brian very smartly, and it's a fun club to do. I enjoy it, but but you can. Shit can go south very easily in that room because all, you know, it's just. It's just. It's
1: they're 50 years and older. Everyone in the audience and they're looking at you like, "I don't identify with this kid." Early show, they're all eating dinner while you're on stage. <laughs> yeah. And but it's but it's it's one of the clubs that I've Ugh. done a bunch
0: and I probably will continue to do. But you guys go down there. You go down. Brian used to put you into whatever condo he owned at the time. Yeah, it was
1: like this like amazing like penthouse, like cool, like the best condo I've ever had in comedy, it for fu- sure. It was it's
0: a fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's on the island. It's
1: huge. It has like four bedrooms or something. It's like four gigantic. bedrooms,
0: fucking jacuzzis. It's, it's awesome. it is awesome. Yeah. You go in you guys go across the street, I want to say. Like, yeah, I've it was pretty there. close. Yeah, it was a
1: I've place called Vandy's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we like while we were there, like, Brant knows way more about sports. I'm, like, as passionate about sports as any guy who loves sports, but I don't know a lot of stuff about anything. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, I know that guy, Mike Vanderjack? Yeah, and me and Brant were, like, so excited. And the way we chat up everyone, whether you work at a coffee shop or the bar, we're just, like, chatting up the dude, like, hey, does he ever come in here? And, like, whatever. And he was like, no. And so... We were like, we should steal something from here because it'll be cool to have, like, at our place, you know? So if somebody's like, hey, where'd you get such and such? We could say, oh, we stole that from Mike Vanderjack, the kicker. And they'd be like, really? We'd be like, yeah, we're at his bar. It seems like a great story when you're really trashed. And everything was tacked down. And I think it was Brant. When I tell it on This Is Not Happening, I made it sound like it was my idea. Yeah. And I think that bothers Brant or something because he's like, <laughs> like it's just one little part of the story I don't remember who came up with it because we were very yeah. shit-faced. So I don't know. But I, I think maybe Brant or I'm not sure who saw the Pro Bowl jersey and was like, that's what we got to get. And, and it's so in,
0: it's in like a fucking, it's huge. in like a huge... Uh, picture frame
1: three foot by three foot frame it's like gigantic and it's, is it right at the door right at the front entrance it's yeah. the only thing not tacked down and across from it on the other side of the hall is an exact size uh, frame jersey of Edron James yeah. and so we're like if we're gonna do this let's do it together you get that one I get this one we get in the car and so we do that's what we do we convince these girls that we just met that night get the car ready we're gonna jump in and they're like what do you mean like what are you that and we're like just just get ready because we're like all excited about it and we just we just take them off the wall and we jump in the car and then we drive back to the penthouse and we were so excited we got away with it and we're just so excited that we break it out of the frames and we start wearing them around and we're like we're in the pro bowl we're like going crazy we were posting the photos on instagram <laughs> we were in the hot tub with it we were like going crazy all the girls were taking turns oh. wearing it and taking photos and sending it to their friends and yes, yeah, so we stole these jerseys, and then it gets back.
0: It gets. I guess. I guess maybe the misstep is placing it all over social
1: media. <laughs> yeah, ever in a tiny island. <laughs>
0: a Tiny island. Someone says, "I wonder who stole the jerseys." Yeah, oh, shit. It's the two comics here at Captain Brian's,
1: and so Captain Brian pressured us to bring them back. He's like, "You got to turn yourselves in." And we're like, "No, man, this is funny. Like, we thought yeah. it was cool."
0: It's 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 the uh, and I always say it's like the innocuous. It's the innocuous uh misdemeanor, sure it's like it's like, listen we're just fucking around we're right. hammered we're here, sure, and then ultimately you guys go, okay, fuck it we're to
1: yeah, do we don't really want the jerseys. Yeah. that it's not a big deal we just don't want to get in trouble and yeah things got carried and away you,
0: and you sober up the next day and Captain Brian's like, dude what did you do right and, dude what the fuck did you
1: do? yeah and also he's like running for like mayor of that town or something it, yeah. it would have never got back to the comedy club it yeah. would have just fallen on me and Brandt yeah. We didn't do it at the comedy club yeah, so sure like it you know it's I don't know. So we bring them back, and everything's fine. I'm pissed off. You can ask Brent. Like, I was so grumpy the whole day. I was like, no, nah, man, we shouldn't have, bro. You act like we're badasses, and then we bring it back. That's not a badass. Yeah. And uh, so so I was, like, really pissed off about it. And But I was also like, so what? This way we don't get in trouble. You
0: don't get in trouble. No
1: harm in the a no Great deal. story. Yeah. But. But then the next day, everyone keeps treating us like crap. Like, all the servers aren't talking to us. And Captain Brian's being all, like, like a disappointed dad. You know, like, walking by us and just, like, you know, shaking us. And all the people in the town are kind of, like, being, like, real Mormon about it. Like, oh, I can't believe they would. And that made me feel so pissed off that on the last day that we were there, like, that next night... Me and Brant were like, dude, let's just go get these things back, man. If everyone's gonna treat us like crap, like let's, we're already doing the time for the crime. It feels like. This is so. The let's just
0: spirit is like, fuck it, man. Let's just steal. steal yeah, let's get.
1: Let's do it then. So, so we went back. back we again. locked ourselves in the women's bathroom and stole them back when the place was closed.
0: You locked yourselves in the women's bathroom yeah. and
1: stole it. And them waited back? till they locked the doors. And then when we came out, Brant like ran in the back room and grabbed <sighs> the things and then tes- and then we were like back and forth with the police for like ever. And the sequel to the story that nobody knows that's on Because the- I told him this is not happening. Yeah. But uh the sequel to the story is that they did get the jersey back and he did- I did pay him for the frames, but he called me and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, let's we gotta figure this out and I was like, Well, I, I, what do you want? I'll give you the jersey and I'll give you the money, but I don't. You can't press charges. He's like, I'm pressing charges. I was like, well, then Vander you're Jackson. never. Yeah, I was like, then you're never gonna see this jersey again. Really? He's, like, he's like, What do you mean? I was like, I'm not going to send you the jersey and money just for you to like press charges against us. He's like, Well, that's what's going to happen. I was like, No, it's not. Watch. You know what? If you want to press charges, you can press charges. But I'll tell you what, you'll never see this jersey again. I'll set it on fire. I'll give it to some slut in LA. You'll never see this jersey. And he was like, Don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, real tough on the phone because I'm yeah. like, across the country. And he's also a kicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, No big deal. And then he literally, like a week or so later, we got a fax of a contract. So when people come to my place, they're always like, Hey, where's that jersey? And I just point to the Frame an autographed contract saying that he won't press charges against me and Brant if we just return the jersey and give him the money.
0: It's <clears throat> I see stories like that. I think sometimes some people who don't have the uh, the I, I say like a deviant spirit, but it's not a deviant spirit. It's a it's a chaotic spirit. Yeah, it's like mischievous. It's like, it's like your 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 brain runs like a bunch of chickens, and you're trying to corral them. And your brain's like, "Fuck it, man!" Like, yeah, what's the like? I, like, you know, I hear that. I've if I had a nickel for every time I got involved with something illicit where I was like ah oh, fuck but and I though that's the comic spirit is I like like and I I won't use Barry as an example but there are people in this business in that in hear something like that and go well I don't I don't want to be involved
1: with that and you're like well right. no, that's that's what makes I made money off that story people don't gotta pe- here's the thing people don't realize when you're a comedian I tell this Ari quoted me like in a magazine once time saying this like Ari Shaffir you, as a comedian, you do what you want. That's what I really believe. Yeah. I'm the clown. I'm the jester. I'm the goofball. I'm the silly guy. When I do something, I'm not a teacher. I'm not running for office. We're comedians. We yeah. do what we want. When you hear, like if you hear a story about, remember when that guy, um, he was doing that big thing for Coney, you know, trying to catch Coney. Remember that whole oh, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden it turned out he was like running down the freeway, like in his mad. underwear, like all yeah. drugged. And it completely destroyed everything that he was working towards. But if you heard the exact same story about you or Tracy Moore, some people would be like, oh, "I love that guy. What that's a why nut!" I fucking love that. And guy. that's the difference is that people want us to be the fuck up who's also the guy they love and they think's just silly and they kind of feel sad for him at times because he's got this depressed kind of like moments but for the most part we're your clown we're like we're here for to make you happy and goof off and show that the world is lighter than it's than everyone makes it out to be
0: it's like uh it's like you know I, I I liken your story. Did you ever hear the one with um shit? Who's on Rescue Me? Dennis Leary's best friend, big guy, Lenny 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 uh, Lenny Lenny Clark Lenny Clark. Oh okay. Lenny Clark uh, back in the day was I think was running for mayor of Boston. Got coked up and stole a bus, and <laughs> fucking drove it through Boston all fucking high. Drove a bus through Boston. It's amazing. But you know Ron White's the guy that gets in a fist fight at a bar. Sure, we out. love it. It's in. I and that's the comic spirit, but it's not. It's not like I think. Don't misconstrue it. We're not the bully at the party no. who's like, "Fuck it, I'm stealing something for these motherfuckers."
1: Yeah, you're never beating someone up. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more like, like supposed the, to
0: be fun. It's like it's we're not Lindsay Lohan stealing some girl's car and running away with it. That's right. different. We're stealing a city bus. We're here for the good for, times. We're not here for the fucking for the debauchery. And the fucking illicit behavior. We're here for the story.
1: Yeah. If that sounds right a hundred percent. I always say that trouble's temporary and stories are forever. Yeah. And I used to tell that to young like I used to lead young life. And I'd be oh, like, Listen, serious? man, I don't want you kids to like be doing drugs and getting trash or like banging girls. But trouble's fun. You wanna go fucking let's go. Egg the girls' cabins. If you want to, like, go get into some trouble that sure. way. Or you want to go write some stuff in the grass and set it on fire. Like, and I know that that's probably not the best thing, but it's like these guys still to this day are like, dude, Jeff Dye was the greatest camp counselor, like, we ever had. Because he just, he yeah. wanted us to have fun. There was no, like, harm involved. No, It was all harmless yeah. fun. That's I feel a, like, I feel but like- Barry Katz used to always be like, you go in there, you do your set, and you leave. Don't hang out. And I was like, what horrible life advice. To just go in there, do your comedy, and leave? This isn't Microsoft. We're comedians. All those people that I hung out with after my sets, because I never took that advice, are my pals. And they know me as a real comedian, and they love me. Dane Cook, to this day, I love the guy to death. I've got nothing bad to say about him. But there are times when I think that he's probably pretty lonely. And I bet he wishes he would have hung out afterwards and gotten to know some comedians. Because now he hangs out with guys that are like, you know... Matt Rife, who I think's like nineteen year old comic, and like these guys, and I would love to be his buddy, but also like he don't drink, and and I feel like he probably regrets just doing his comedy and going home after the set. I don't, I Whitney don't know Cummings if he
0: regrets it. I don't know about I don't know about Whitney. Cum- Whitney Cummings is a different beast. I think she's I think she's more driven than Dane ever was. Really, in all, in all honesty, yeah. I think Whitney uh, is an, a really interesting person. I I find her to be really interesting. She is very talented. But she is very driven. She's uber driven, and and she's also led by whatever neuro. That's another style of comic is over neurotic, the person who can't shut it down. I think that's Whitney. I don't know if Dane probably uh, regrets not
1: uh, being being less driven and being more social. Well, why not just be more social? I, I don't like, and I'm not like criticizing him. I love Dane to death. Yeah, I just think that Barry Katz advice of like. Go in there, do your jokes, and get the fuck out of there. Why? Why is that good advice? Why am I not supposed to go also enjoy a little friendship and camaraderie? Like, what if Barry Bonds just goes four for four and then goes back to his locker room and sits in his one area with his big, uh, you know, fancy... King's chair and just talks about how I'm I'm Barry Bonds and I went four for four and fuck all these guys. That is what Barry Bonds did, and people hated Barry Bonds, and to this day people are like, oh man, Jeff Kent was like the second best San Francisco Giant, hated Barry Bonds because he didn't socialize and he didn't like join in the reindeer games. It's 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 not good advice.
0: Do you want to be Shaq or do you want to be Kobe? Kobe was an elitist and didn't and wanted to be the player and didn't want this team mentality, and Shaq wanted the camaraderie. He wanted the family, but he was also it didn't
1: compromise his greatness. Yeah.
0: That's what I'm saying like and people can, people, go, go. people can critique Shaq and go oh you well, could have been in better shape could have been a better free throw 30 shooter let me tell you something i got to be honest with you I, I think Shaq's the one people will be talking about
1: long... For sure. Long, but longer. Because people liked him. And that's what I it is. love Shaq! Yeah, people liked him, and people, like, his teammates liked him. You can't find anyone to say a bad thing about him. And that, I think Kobe and other, you know, Whitney, people like that, they're like, I'm here I'm here to make money, not friends. Or I'm here to make... I'm here to work, not make friends. But that whole philosophy, that whole mentality suggests that you can't do both. Like if your employer comes to you and is like, hey, uh, why don't you take a lunch break? Yeah. You don't go, oh, I'm here to work, not take lunch breaks. No, you can do both. You can absolutely have friends where you work and, and have camaraderie. I think I, Barry good- Katz has <clears throat> <clears throat> hundreds of things he told me that I, w- I, would tell no one to be, to, to ever represent. I, it's interesting because,
0: and I, d- I don't know Whitney well enough anymore, or when I did know her, it was, it was literally
1: in passing. Mm-hmm. Like, just like, very, to be fair, I don't know Dane or Whitney well enough to be saying the things I'm saying. It's just my outside observation on both of them. Of course, to clarify. of course.
0: And, and 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 I and I'll say this about Dane. I I think I know. I don't know Dane very well anymore, but I knew Dane pretty well, and we definitely hung out. But we hung out differently. Like mm-hmm. we definitely hung out differently. I don't. I I won't, I won't share one story that is the epitome. of... I probably know it.
1: I really. Yeah. Uh. Well. I think I know it.
0: Yeah, and so. Uh, but like, like Dane was, I think, you know, I don't know if Dane would say this. I don't, I don't know if, if it, I don't know if I could even say that about him, but like there are people and I won't say Dane or Whitney are these types of people, but there are people that look at this business as a competition Sure. that that are driven by, that's how they are driven. That's the motor that drives them is to be the person that goes on last every night and the person that is, that is feared and the person that can go in and bump people and, yeah. and put people's dick in the dirt. And and like and I, I think Carlos Mencia said for a long time out loud he wanted to be that person right. But that's why he didn't have any friends. Sure, and I I think I look at it like. I remember when Dane would come into the improv to do a set. I would just leave, not because I didn't want to hang out with Dane, but because I knew he'd go a little long, and that mm-hmm. would push my set. And I had two kids, and I'd rather get up with them in the morning sure. than do eight minutes that night at, a, at, a, at a, like a, on a weak crowd sure. that had just sat through Dane and maybe Chappelle had sh- come by, or so like. But like my mo for doing sets has never been has never been like I want to destroy everybody. Like I've always been
1: like. I want to go up. I want to destroy that crowd. I want the yeah. crowd to love me just like that's our guy. That's what yeah. I want. But it has nothing to do with the other comedians. Yeah. I consider, like, my sister just died in December, and it was the biggest wake up call of, like, who the people that care about me most are. Every goddamn text on this phone was a comedian. Yeah. Every one of them. Dude, we love you, man. We're so sorry to hear about what happened. Dudes that, like, sometimes I'm a little competitive with. Like, Chris D'Elia shoots me this, like, long ass text, and I was just like, this is the family like comedians that's the group yeah. and i know i don't look like other comedians and then say so people want to put me in a box because i don't brag about eating a whole ham for lunch or you know yeah. whatever i'm not like a drug addict or whatever but like for the most part like this is my family like comics this is this is what makes me yeah and so when i hear shit like oh just go in and do your set and leave it makes me be like you you're not the manager for me you're the worst person at advice you know nothing about me if you think that's what this business is about He told me uh
0: he told me one time he was like he was like I think you just need to do last comic standing and I was like I have a TV show <laughs> I was like, hold on, I don't even know if I can do that in my deal legally. He's like, he's like, I think this is the best thing for you, and I felt like going. I think it might be the best thing for you, Barry. Right? I, mean, I love you to death, I, I, and I still love Barry. I, I have nothing. I've everything I've ever said negative about Barry, I've said to him, and that's why sure. I stopped working with him.
1: Sure. And I and I will I'll, say I'll say this about Barry Katz. This is my sum up of Barry. Barry Katz is a horrible <laughs> coach horrible he's the worst coach you can ever have which is what you want as a manager you want a coach you want someone who says here's the plays here's what we're going to drop here's how your career is going to be here's how this is here's your teammates here's some good advice do this in the locker room he's a great cheerleader he'll a great cheerleader. A great cheerleader. I'm out town and times. I'm like, Barry, what are we doing here? What's the plan? What's this? That because I need a coach. And he would take me to lunch and just make me feel like the coolest guy in the world. You look you look handsome. You name how many people have what Here's you what have I love
0: about a, you a, a, at
1: this age. <laughs> name how many people your age that are in this business who would kill to be where you're at. And I'm leaving lunch going, Yeah. <laughs> hey man I'm the hottest guy around and look like, I got a TV show Barry's yeah. right what am I stressing out about I don't need a goddamn cheerleader I need a coach yeah. so if I want to call Barry and get positive affirmation and just listen to a bunch of fluff I've got friends for that I've yeah. got fellow comedians I've got family if I want to hear nice things I don't need a fucking cheerleader I need a coach yeah, Coach I need a Popovich it. I need a fucking that's what I need and he's not and that's what a manager should be is a coach Barry will be a great friend if I ever have kids he can babysit, but he's not going to ever be a manager. He's the worst.
0: I see Barry for me was like uh, I I needed the cheerleader as much as I probably less than I needed the coach because my self esteem was just so fucking lost,
1: which is crazy to me. It, well, it Everyone just, loves you. I've never heard a bad word about. I well, hear more bad right things people. about myself <laughs> on on any given day from people than I hear about you.
0: Barry was like Buttermaker. Do you remember Buttermaker from the Bad News Bears? No. Do you, remember, did you ever see the original? I Batonies saw the original Bears? and the Bob, Billy so Bob butter make, one. Boilermaker is Boilermaker. No, Buttermaker. That was the name of the coach. That was Mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was, was young. Walter Mathau was okay. Buttermaker. And so, I think it was Buttermaker. And so, he was a, like, Barry was like Buttermaker, except without the booze and alcohol, but whatever his thing was that replaced that, he would then just come on. And, like, he, he did give me, there's, I can, I've told him all, I tell him all the good and all the bad. He did give me some fucking amazing inspirational advice, advice but he gave that to
1: thousands life. of people I don't know how many times I've heard the same story <laughs> or how many times one time like he like I was like hosting live from uh, Times Square on MTV yeah. with Snooky and Wow, and they brought them in for the fame and me in to do the heavy lifting right yeah. so like they needed some wit they needed some comedy I'm not the most famous guy but this guy's gonna get the job done that's our guy yeah. we put him in so I'm doing this thing and I'm a little nervous live TV and I'm a yeah. comedian so I like to kind of like go off the cuff and sometimes I say Things inappropriate, whatever. So I'm like a little nervous, and I'm kind of like shaping up in my brain, like oh, live, all right, live. And Barry comes into my uh, room, and he and he says, he says it was like it was like a guru coming, in like the Dalai Lama walked into my green room, yeah. And he goes, listen, you know when that draft happened, uh, you know everybody thought Russell Wilson wouldn't make it, you know, and you know what, nobody expected Russell Wilson to be the guy. Right, so and I'm just like he's like I, you know what? But he blew everyone out of the water, and so you know what? Go out there and be Russell Wilson. And I remember be like, yeah, man,
0: stop, go. Stop right here. Stop right here. The speech I got was when Hideo Nomo <laughs> got drafted to the Red Sox. No one thought he was anything,
1: and then he threw a no
0: hitter. Go out yeah. and be Hideo Nomo. Yeah.
1: and he says it to me. And I was like, "This Barry? dude, this dude, just gave me the greatest advice ever." Yeah. I went out there, and I was like, "Had that in my brain." I looked at his Twitter feed, literally the <laughs> next day, and he's like, "Be Russell." Oh, so this is just for anyone. <laughs> this wasn't some wise thing you whispered into my ear.
0: One I time, mean, this and it's true.
1: Before I it. end bashing Barry Katz, but the other thing he's telling me is, one time he tells me this speech about. How I was like, I went in there, and I was like, uh, you know, I've always been people don't think I'm humble but I'm pretty hard on myself like I try to be self-deprecating and things like that yeah. but I'm also not gonna like hide if I'm hanging out with famous people I'm not gonna like take those names out of the story just to make regular yeah. people feel better no yeah. there was famous people in this story I'm leaving yeah. them in call it a name drop all you want Yeah. so um so anyways Barry Katz tells me some story about humility and he's like you know what this, this, I'll tell you a little story about an actress. She went into that room and they wanted to play some part that was beneath her. You know what she did? She took out two Emmys out of her purse and she slammed them on the desk and said, here's your audition. And they gave her that part. Right? So I'm thinking like, yeah, I should be like, I, I'm above, you know, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm worth it. You know? like. Yeah. A, and then like a year later, he tells me the exact same story. And <laughs> while he's setting it up, I'm thinking. I already know this story But I'm gonna to listen to it Cause he's my manager He goes She put those Emmys On the table And she said There's your audition And you know what She never worked again Because she had a big head And she thought She was above this audition You're like Well what is it Barry I've heard these stories Mixed into whatever He's just full of shit <laughs> We gotta We gotta stop talking about he's Barry shit He's a shit salesman Funny. Uh, by the way, I can I, read like, people. I'm a comedian. I read crowds. I read people, and uh, he's a shit salesman.
0: The fucking, oh, the fucking.
1: The things I the
0: I mean like I gotta stop because now I just want to join in to just like the times where I go Barry I'll, what the fuck are you doing I'll leave it be like, yeah like because because there are, and I will say this you don't have to say anything right now but there <laughs> w- there are really really great things to ba- to Barry in my opinion where you go but well, clearly I'm not with him right now so it's not yeah. not enough but but uh, but he did do things. <sighs> We have to change subjects because <laughs> now all I'm doing is thinking of times. And I went, what the fuck is wrong with you, Barry? Yeah. Like right before I did Premium Blend, the guy starts putting a mic on me. I go, what are you doing? And he goes, uh, your, your manager said no handheld. And I went, what? I've never worked with you. i don't even want to. A- I go, I've never worked with a lav. Give me a mic. I'm a fucking comedian. I need yeah, like, a nice mic stand. Yeah, we have mics for this
1: podcast. Yeah, That's how like, much you want a mic <laughs> in here.
0: <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no. He said, no mic stands. We don't even have a wireless. Where so you go, hold on. I go, Barry. And he goes. Fucking someone very successful. Jim Brewer didn't use a mic, and he murdered. And I go,
1: I'm not Jim Brewer. Like, what would I do with my hands? And I was like, I need a mic. I need a mic. Like, How many uh, times did you see Clint Eastwood holding a microphone? uh, You're like, never. He was in movies. I'm not Clint Eastwood.
0: Oh, But listen, anyone who's listening to this, we've said a lot of the bad only because sometimes it's easier to fucking... Connect on the negative as opposed to try to sure. find the positive. And
1: I will say this to anyone that's listening: if you ask me to tell you stories about my ex-girlfriend, I'm probably going to give you a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> she was she also had some great qualities, but why would I talk about that? <sighs> why would I tell you all the good things about her? Oh, I mean, she's I, my ex-girlfriend. I'm going fuck when this, her
0: when this when this. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Well I, I we'll go back. We'll, we'll go back to. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. Is that? Um, think the beauty of this business one of the cool things about this business is like i was driving with leanne and i I think I i got picked up for two shows at one time and leanne's like when they got this thing about earning your success day like the day something good happens to you you've earned that next day to feel your oats and to feel like I love problems. that yeah so I'm sure it's a Scientology thing I'm sure my <laughs> wife is just doing what Barry does but with Scientology my wife my wife took like one acting class and turns out the acting class is all about Scientology oh no and she didn't know it and she just applies that shit to life all the fucking time I'm like we might as well just be Scientologists
1: <laughs> no, I love that it's she, Scientology yeah. without all the uh, the, without rhetoric. the fucking aliens yeah it's it's awesome. just like
0: and they got some good points <laughs> yeah they really do have some good points that like some of the shit you're like you're like Elrond Humber was I a like smart that. guy like, yeah, if course. he just took, that, took out the aliens and by the way I don't totally disagree about aliens Yeah, like, yeah, I believe in fucking aliens not
1: that far off on that, not that either not far off on the aliens yeah I yeah, know for sure if you just had it so that I could be famous also and believes I'll just take the aliens I will say heartbeat. this is a great thing about being comedians as well is to a certain extent, if you're going to generalize most of us comedians, we will almost believe in anything. <laughs> if you give us an argument for it, we go, yeah. Like, there's no such thing as a conspiracy theory to, like, a comedian. Yeah. Give us, like, two reasons. And we're like, yeah, that's got to be real. Yeah, that makes like, sense. This, like, it's because we, we take every premise and we
0: work both sides of it to find out. Yeah, we question what, things. Yeah, like, I, I look at – I I used to – anything I, – I used to – one of the things I used to love to do was say – have my setup be the thing everyone disagreed with. Sure. And – and
1: uh that's a doug stanhope thing too for sure
0: yeah and find that and it was a great way to work a bit and then sometimes you'd find that you got a great premise and you're like well if i flip it back to what people agree on that would really destroy oh god and then but like i don't know i i agree that one of the coolest things about this business is it's a fraternity or a group of people that you have to earn the right you have to earn the privilege to be in it absolutely And, and and one of the things i love the most is that i've earned that privilege to be called a stand-up comedian more than anything i've been doing this 17 years i think about i've earned this more than anything more than television hosts like i still don't feel at home when i'm around like television hosts i go yeah like i don't yeah i don't do that i'm a comedian really right we're comics at first and it's it's one of the cool things like i'm doing a set at the store tonight for that new materials thing jeremiah's thing so much fun more importantly that i'm like oh looking at the list of who's going to be there i'm like i can't wait to bullshit with them yeah. I Just can't wait to sit in the green room and just fucking talk shit, just yeah. fucking gossip, just <laughs> yeah. f- bullshit. It's You're the, not going to get out of there after your set. <laughs> it's the best part of this job. And there are people that do look at it as go in, do the set, walk out. <sighs> or not. No way, man. Or not and enjoy not for it. Me. Or get done the night
1: and like go hang out at the at the fucking Dayton Funny Bone bar and hang out with the waitstaff staff and shit the right. shit. I feel like I'm I punish my body every night because this is what this is where my true heart's at. Like I want, I want friends, and I want people to go. I love that dude. I want, like, I think, like, me and Brant talk about it all the time. It's just kindness. Every person I've ever met for the last like eleven years, like I've tried to win them over. I've tried to, <laughs> I've tried to say, you know what? You're a human being. I'm in that. Boat. I don't give a shit if you're like I don't like, and I learned that from my dog. Really, my dog loves on you whether he's homeless or whether you're like the president. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be like that. I, I'm not gonna impress these people with how smart I am. I'm not fucking smart. Not a good athlete. I, I, you know, a lot of people don't find me funny. To be honest, like that, not everyone thinks I'm the funniest guy on the planet. But you know what? I can be nice to everyone, and I can love on everyone. My yeah. dog doesn't know how to read or write. He can't dunk a basketball. He's not fucking funny all the time. But he loves on everyone, and I think that's that's how I live. So if you're a Starbucks employee and. What can I get for you? I'm like, hey, how's your morning going? Like I just – I want to engage them instead of treating them like Siri on my phone or something, you know?
0: Yeah, I I, I had a – I was talking to American Airlines today trying to rearrange – my flight to philadelphia on may 5th cinco de mayo call in sick to work show at the at helium comedy club you you guys need to do one of those with me
1: well i think i blew i burned a bridge with helium why i mean a long time ago like (laughs) not on purpose basically what happened this
0: is a part of your personality i did not know existed but i fucking love
1: well well, this one wasn't as bad it's just that basically they they're like hey we don't know about these last comic standing guys so we'll give them a one-nighter in philly and uh and you know, we'll see how he does and how he draws and everything, and then we'll just decide. So I went in there and uh it was the same night the Phillies played the um played in the World Series. This is how oh, long wow. ago it was, like two thousand eight or whatever. And um so like ten people showed up to my show and I just shit on the I was like, This fucking play is the Phillies, you know, like I just like self imploded. I did this self implosion thing last night actually. Where? Uh at the improv. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> so Okay, so Comedy Central is ran by women, right? Like seven women. Like, it's there's no dudes over at Comedy Central. It's all, like, ladies. I know that. Yes. I know that. Yes. And I'm sitting there watching this awful showcase. It's, like, in the lab at the improv. It's all industry, like, in the crowd. You know, it's, like, the, or papered with, like, people. You know, it's just not. I'm watching the first guy not do so hot. And then the guy that goes before me is a dude that, like, was a dickhead to me last time I saw him. So I was just kind of getting annoyed watching this dude, too. Yeah. and um, And so then which that's a great story too actually. We almost got like a rumble with these dudes, like who? Me, me and Brent, Comics? Uh, yeah, with other comics, like these alt comic guys. They they might not even have known it was about to be rumble time, but we were about to fuck shit up because we were like pretty drunk and we were like, "All right, if these guys want to fight, we'll knock these dorks out." But was, <laughs> which is it's glad it didn't go down like wait, that. Wait,
0: wait, I want to know who the guy is.
1: Um, so basically what happened is we were at some weird bar in in like Hollywood area, which is where all the comics that after some com- alt comedy show go to drink. We didn't know that. We just were in there with girls. We were in there yeah. with these like, hot chicks and we were just living our lives and drinking whiskey. And then I saw Jared Logan sitting at this table with another comedian uh, who I didn't know but I knew she was a comedian. Yeah. So I'm Big Dumb Dog Jeff, you know, just like flops over to the table and I was like, hey, how's it going, Jared? And he's like, good. And I was like, what's going on? How have you been, man? I'm so excited to see you. And he yeah. goes, oh, I didn't know we were that close. And then I was like, yeah, well, all right. And then I turned to the girl. And I was like, hi, I'm Jeff. And she goes, I know who you are. And so then I was like, oh, well, I just, I saw you on Comedy Central a couple of days ago. You were really funny stuff, you know, because she's like kind of like she was like just breaking this new alt girl yeah. at the time. And then she goes, thanks. And it was so weird that I walked back to the table. And uh, who's, the, not, uh, who's the other comic? Uh, Brett. He's like a um, very funny alternative guy. Very weird. He's kind of got like gray hair now. Weinstock? Bright what? Yeah, Weinbacher. Weinbacher. Weinbacher yeah. yeah,
0: Weinbacher. I just saw him. I just saw him. A video he posted on Facebook it was fucking hilarious. He's the greatest, right? I think yeah, he's, he's so he's, funny. Yeah, yeah. I
1: am more fan than friend. We were never like pals or anything. Yeah. And so after this weird thing happens, I go back to the tail. I was like, Brant, this fucking that girl and that Jared guy just snubbed me. I put Jared on my TV show, like in fucking MTV, like Money from Strangers. Yeah. And I just was like, I was so excited to see him, like a big idiot. and He just fucking snubbed me. And then Brant goes, really? And like Brant's like lacing up, like it's prison or something. Like we're gonna have to fuck these <laughs> dudes. The wrong
0: mother- to have a few whiskeys in and tell him, hey man, this chick shit might not work out, but there's yeah. a fight across there. i tell
1: you, man, like, we just thought, like, we're like, I think we have to fucking fight these dudes because we're like drunk, just, I don't yeah. know, we're just idiots. And so Brant's getting all. Brandt, by the way,
0: by the way, what's so beautiful is that you and Brant are a throwback to guys that do not exist in Hollywood anymore. Yeah. Like, who the fuck fights? <laughs> the poor, poor Jared Logan's like, wait, I didn't know this was going to turn into a fight.
1: Well, we're just like, we're like Loyal, you know? Like and Brandt saw my feelings were hurt and he was just like, all right, like how do we react? You know, like we don't have like I don't know we're not like in corporate we can't like fire them or anything yeah. we can't like fuck up their career you know but, but yeah. we were just like so like rattled by it and we're sitting there and we're just like figuring out like well, what the fuck's wrong with these guys whatever Natasha Leggero walks in and she's you know like running like acting like a diva and all I mean just this weird like alt scene who just they all just looking at us like what are those boys doing here state school kids yeah and so then um, which is really funny that those kids probably all were very picked on in school but now they're the cool gang and they just shit on everyone the way they were shit on once which is very frustrating so anyways then brett weinbach comes up and he goes what are you guys doing here and i don't think he meant it the way we were ready to fucking knock his chin off of his face but like he was like what are you guys doing here and we were like are we not invited what do you mean what are we this is a fucking bar like we were like it was it almost went down pretty fast hold on hold on what's up babe yeah, oh, shit, Leanne. Sorry. sorry. Fuck. Sorry. Well, I mean, just drive right on the just lawn. Give you the keys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that Thank cool? Okay oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah.
0: Thank okay. you, baby. I'm sorry. Cool. Sorry about so that.
1: Wait, <laughs> so, I would have parked on the street, but you guys got something going on. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: no, no, no. Sweet. <laughs> so, so, so what happened?
1: So basically, uh. Nothing. It just kind of like the like Brant talked me off the ledge and these girls were like, don't fuck them. Don't worry about them." And they, why were they asking you why were you there? Because I think that that's a bar that comedians only go to if they just did that show next door. But me and Brant, we were just like Jumbo's Clown Room or something and we're like with these girls so we just told these girls the next bar that was closest. We'd never been to this bar at all. It was like so a dive. It's so crazy that people would not I'm so that I'm so opposite. I <laughs> think I think in hindsight With my sober mind, I think Brent was just asking harmlessly. Oh, I'm sure he was. What are you guys doing? He didn't know what just went down. And I think Jared was probably being pretty harmless, too. Like, I didn't. It was a little snotty, but it was kind of like whatever you know like maybe he was in a bad mood it could have all just been a series all, uh, of yeah. coincidences that is just it felt like being a little boy being rejected again I was like what the fuck is going on like why can't I just be part of the f-
0: comedian group well you know I mean I think maybe sometimes and I'm only saying this because I had instances like that I had one with Bonnie McFarland mm-hmm. who I, who's a friend of mine now I would say Love I'm her, definitely yeah. friends with her husband and I'm definitely friends with Bonnie yeah. but the first time I met Bonnie I tried to sit down at her table and she asked me not to and made right. fun of me and i went See, and my feelings, so, were, my feelings were so fucking hurt yeah. because by the way she let mike uh uh mike <clears throat> mike burton gary valentine and scott henry sit down with her and she just asked me not to and i was like i was like oh and then she made fun of what i was wearing by the way which was a very insightful mock of what i was wearing but then we've become friends since and but it was like it was like I was also – I was also and, I, and I'm only saying this. I only play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. But like I was in your position where I, when I first started, I was like 28 and I had a TV show that a, a few people wanted to, that TV show. Sure. And I ended up booking it and I was out of New York and no one had heard of me in L.A. Sure. And then I come in and I start doing sets. I start getting sets pretty easy because I'm on TV. And then I get another show and then I get another deal and I've had two deals back to back, four t- three TV shows at the time. And I remember saying stuff to people like – I remember like saying stuff to people that like – there was this one girl, Tess, who's friends of mine as well. Like, mm-hmm. by the way, and I made a joke about being rich, like going like, like we're going to get beer, and I was like, oh, I'll go get it, don't no, you guys stay here? Like, I was offering to go get it. Like, yeah. I was, it was right around the corner. I'll go get it. I'll, you guys stay here. She's like, no, we'll get it. And I was like, hey, it's no problem. And she's like, uh, we'll get it. And I went, hey, I'm pretty rich, which and, is hilarious. Yeah, I've said and, that joke, and she goes, you no. Know, by the way, she had pretended not to know who I was at this party, right? And then she goes, there's no way you're making that money you're on the X show, and I went. Hang on, you know who I am. Yeah, but she had already known me, and it, it hurt my feelings because I yeah. was like, I thought we were being friends. Like yeah, I thought we were all hanging out. I'm offering to buy you drinks, <laughs> and I'm offering to go get a twelve pack of beer for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But those things, those happen, and I think sometimes I I, I forget maybe, and I'm, I'll, I'll I'll set this up for uh, uh, Brent and and Jared, but like I forget all the times I might have done shit like not, walked into a bar, not recognize them, and walk past them, sure. and been like. And seen my friend and been like, what's up? And then blown them off the entire night, not even knowing they were there. Right. Like, there was a lot of things, and a lot of people read into things. Like, Doug's, Doug, Doug uh, Benson and I were never, like, tight until one night we hung out, and then we were... And by the way, I'd see him at the bar all the time. I thought he was such a dick to me, but he just he just didn't know what
1: to say to me. Right. And so, like, those, those and moments... And to be honest, A, I'm fragile. I'm very fragile. And B, I most of the times I misrepresent myself like that night. I'm not a fight guy and I'm not like usually that hot headed about like some shit going down. It just felt like so much rejection of a community that I feel like I just want to be their friends and any beef I have with anyone, whether in this business, could be squashed with a simple, hey, want to be friends? That's it's all it is to me. That's, that's how- why I'm reacting back. That's why I bump heads sometimes because I just want people to like me or be my friend and they don't want to be my friend and I don't know how to handle that frustrates me. Well, that's what and it Ari
0: Shafir and I said to each other. He was the first person I ever did this to uh, and it, it had been done to me before. Sam Tripley did it to me. But Ari came up and was like, I, I, want, I want to say that either Ari, like you said, either I said it to Ari or Ari said it to me, I forget, but we both agree that I just went up to him and I was like, hey, I'm Bert, I think you're really funny, and I'd like to be your friend. And Ari was like, I'm, I'm Ari, I I think you're really funny, I want to be your yeah. friend. Now, that could have gone differently because sure. we were in different different groups. I worked the improv, he worked the store. And it could have gone horribly, but it sure. didn't. And it and it was just because we said exactly that. And I think that as comics, we're so fragile and we run in different circles. And 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 you specifically because you came at this from like uh from like the last comic standing, mm-hmm. oh shit, I d like I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a comic and now I'm one of the five funniest comics in the country and I am gone like goodbye everybody right. and you leapfrog everyone at such a place that so many people that you probably had friendships with or acquaintances with before last comic standing then had a dialogue about you by watching you on television every single week mm-hmm. and watching you live a life that they longed for or they wanted and they may never admit that they may say oh I didn't, I didn't want to I didn't even try out for it well you didn't try out for it so you're afraid <laughs> yeah. you weren't going to make it sure. don't ever like like I remember D.C. Benny and I get into a fight, man. But by, by the way, like DC Benny is has been doing stand up with me the whole time. Like that, we're the same. He's a little older than me, maybe, but like we've been do- both booing at the same time. Sure. we did last comic standing too. Steve Byrne backed out, and we were sitting at a table, and DC was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like Steve Byrne backed out, and they told us that, and he was like, "The balls on Steve Byrne." And by the way, I am good friends with Steve Byrne. Jesus, Leanne, oh. thank you so much. Thank you, baby. Oh, thanks. And so, Leanne, um. I said, DC, the balls exist, and the guys like us were staying with it. Sure. Like, I'd love to back out and just blame it on something else. I'd love to have an excuse not to be vulnerable right now, but I'm being vulnerable, and I'm trying, and so are you. And that's where the balls res- reside, of course. And so every guy was like, "Well, I would have never even auditioned. That's not. am not. They don't even. It's bullshit. It's fucking rigged. It's fixed. All the shit that you could say doesn't matter. Absolutely. It takes balls to go. I'm putting my. I'm putting. I, I have all that information as well. I'm going into this knowing, yes, it has been fixed in the past. Right. Yes, it has been rigged. Yes, I'm not in the fucking no. Yes, I no. Don't, there, it's, I'm not competing against all the comics. I'm competing against the other young white guy right. that looks like me. Exactly. And yes, I, I'm, I'm nervous about working clean, but you did all of that. And, and because of that, I think sometimes people have a, have a uh, we'll just keep using this word, have a constitution, constitution written about you who they believe you to be without you ever getting the chance to say, oh, no, you don't know me.
1: Yeah, like I feel like I run into that most in this business and it's it's easily my easiest like insecurity is the way that I look. Everyone has a problem with the way that I look and so it makes me have a problem with the way that I look. Because you know, just this weekend we met some comic, uh he came because he was working in the neighboring town, he came over, he knew Brandt and he was he like he met me and he didn't talk to me and i was like trying to like engage with him like what's up man And he's like hey what's going on and then later on he goes yeah I, I i remember you from a long time ago i just would watch you come into the improv with like really hot chicks and i was like oh okay well and he's like yeah so i just never said what's up or even tried to be your friend and i was like am i supposed to just bang gross chicks now because like that like i don't understand what people expect me to should i grow long hair and, like, wear, like, a Hitler... Like, what the fuck am I supposed to look like to be accepted initially into this business?
0: Well, I, I think comics... I think... I don't think all comics, but I think most comics look at, like the prototype, I think that I'll answer something, a compliment you gave me. I think the reason I'm probably well liked is I take my shirt off and no one feels threatened. I sit around and I drink and no one feels threatened. I go up and do stand-up and I'm not doing anything anyone else hasn't done, but I'm not doing anyone else's material. I'm doing my own material so no one feels threatened. And I'm so fucking lazy at comedy that quite honestly I'm not dialed in like Burr so there's no that admiration factor. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing whatever I do half-ass enough so that it works on the road and then I can do a special
1: you know yeah, people love you though i mean I, I just feel like yeah i don't know how to explain it and like like i said like i've i've had beefs with comics and then i've almost squashed all of them the second i got off stage last night i haven't even told that story i uh, i got off stage last night i like immediately direct messaged the comic and like apologized and like said all this stuff who's the comic uh, the jared logan guy because oh, i, oh, I did really? yeah so that that Bar story is like a lead into. I saw the first time I'd saw Jared Logan since that night. He was performing before me. It was a Comedy Central showcase at the oh, improv. Last in night. In the lab, yeah. And uh, I was sitting there just being so annoyed with the room and annoyed with Jared that when I got up there, I scrapped all the material I was going to do and I just started ranting about women, not realizing like that what are you doing dude this whole network's ran by like women yeah and i just completely there's, there's no way i'm gonna be booked on anything at comedy central for a long that's not true i think
0: comedy central number one has the thickest skin of all of them really so comedy central thinks very little this is the way i look at it comedy central thinks very little when i say very little i don't mean diminishing i mean like like time wise mm-hmm. they think very little of the average comic they've this the average comic isn't on their radar mm-hmm. there it is who, who's on their radar is and i know this because anytime you pitch them they often end up talking about the shows they have in production really that's who yeah they're thinking about daniel tosh and why isn't he doing an upfront set for them sure. they're thinking about sarah silverman and what's go, what are we going to do with her special they're thinking about definitely thinking about nikki glazer and amy schumer and that's who that's who they're thinking of day to day and and a set where they don't dig your what you do or they don't yeah. they they literally it is a Forgot blip on about their radar it they've already forgotten about it because i'll tell you right now if nikki glazer came in and said on the next show i want to bring in uh i want to bring in five guys and named you as one of the guys they'd be like oh we love jeff die like yeah, they would true. never that's and i'm being serious when i say that because i think they pay very little mind to bad sets i've sent they've seen me bomb sure. they've seen me not do well and 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 they've seen me like not turn in product to them and bail
1: and like yeah. and like have a deal and not finish it and just <laughs> yeah. be like oh well it goes back to me being fragile again I, they ruined my whole night like I was like just oh. sitting there going ah. I like went home and watched um, Southpaw you know have you seen this movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. No. It's like a boxing oh, yeah, movie. Oh, right? my God. I thought, Whereas, it was like
0: a, I thought it was a spin on South Park <laughs> no, about no. a bunch of dogs that lived in
1: fucking... <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, that. <laughs> South Park. South Park. No, but South Park is like, um, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal and his wife dies, and he's getting his life back in order because he loses yeah. his daughter to the social services. And here's how silly and overdramatic and like, I was watching it like, yeah, man, I can identify with that, dude, because, you know, just tonight, bombing of the comedy It had nothing to do with, like, there's nothing more.
0: What you should do, and I'm, this, this is something that I think would serve you very well. Take whatever angry material you have, whatever mm-hmm. whatever frustrated material you have, and write it in a book and say open in ten years, mm-hmm. and then that will be your hour special when you're 43. Absolutely, because you will be able to be so distanced from that anger. Like I used to get really frustrated. There's a bit I did on my last special. Me and my buddy Croy, who oddly enough uh looked a great deal like you, really, just, yeah, just a little more Italian, like a little more like uh like a little more Spanish or Italian, but like he was a male model he was the coolest guy in the fucking world but he was very he was very similar to you too and like in that a little more self-destructive but uh like allegedly no (laughs) uh he he committed suicide so yeah he definitely yeah he was a lot more self-destructive but uh he was him and i would get on to rants about women and it was very misogynistic and very like Fucking anger filled and, and, and like, and like insecurity driven. And we had this, we had this theory about the way women looked at men. And, and it was like, it was, it was a bit I just did on my special about men being, um, stallions being like real untamed strong animals and women taming them and and how they'd catch us and then what they do to us yeah and it was like but if i told this at 33 people would be like (laughs) fucking clearly the guy has issues with women but at 43 people are like that is what they do that's us and so you should take anything you feel you should look at it and go okay clearly this is too loaded for right now in my life no one's gonna hear me at 33 looking the way i look with fucking in a size 32 pant or whatever you wear and and go oh i i understand your point of view but at 43 they're gonna be like fuck yeah yeah that's true you know when did you wait where did you start doing stand-up uh seattle and you started in seattle and then when did you
1: how soon into stand-up did you get last comic standing so i started in 2005 yeah and i was on last comic standing in 2008 so three years that's a quick the difference is I always try to clarify this. People always measure comedy by years. They always go, oh, how many years were you doing it before you, whatever. But I was going on stage... Every night Seven nights a week Sometimes two shows a night Because the comedy club owner Was this guy named Terry That not a lot of people Wanted to work with yeah. And so he just needed a guy Who would put up with his crap And I was like This white kid You know Because he had some race issues And things like that yeah. And so I was just willing To put up with it yeah. And so there was nights Where I was doing like 45 minutes as the host Stretching until like The headliner got there The crowds hated me They're like Why yeah. is this kid still on stage We paid to see Aerie Spears Or whatever And this kid is just Not getting off stage But it's because There was no guests so there was no – like I would just have – so I was on stage at at year three by the time that most people were, you know, like 10 years in I feel like sometimes. Like I was doing it every night for three years.
0: It's the same thing with New York. Like I, I were – like – and people take a look at that and sometimes they'll see the shortcut and get angry. Like when yeah. I, I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club, that was not the way that comics got stage time is by sure. working doors. You were supposed to – You know, pay your dues and keep doing open mics, and then get in at one club, and then try to get into another club. That's the path. And I was just like, "Fuck it, man! I don't have time for that. I'm I'm 26 years old. I need. I'm. I've been looking at. I'm looking at like Dane Cook started when he was 17. Sure. And I'm like, he's been doing it 10 years. I haven't even started yet. (laughs) Technically, I got to catch up. So I just was like, "Fuck! I'll work the door if I can get a spot every night. And they're like, "Yeah, you get 15 minutes every night at the end of the night, right before Godfrey goes up. You can do 15 minutes. And I was like, "Fuck it! I remember other comics pulling me aside and saying, "Hey, that's not the right way to do this. Like, that's cheating. And I was like, it's not cheating. cheating. It's just, it's just the way I'm doing it. And I, and I, they, three comics that I really respect pulled me aside, sat me down at, uh, at off the wagon, I think it was, and said, "You're not, you're not doing this right. This isn't how we you're did kidding. it." I'm being, dude, I'm being That's, dead on.
1: Makes me so mad.
0: And I, and I was like, I remember looking at them, and at the time, I just happened to be on a um, amoxicillin, so I wasn't drinking. Uh-huh. Uh, but they didn't know that I was drinking, uh, like. Uh, Buckleys or whatever. I was just drinking, like, yeah. and and they were Old like, tools. yeah, and they were like, they told me, and they're like, you know, you're not going about the going about this right way, you know. Don't worry, it, your time will come. And I was like, I remember hearing that, thinking it was so delusional. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 my time's here, and I'm working the door, and and the payoff for me doing 15 minutes every night is that none of you guys will respect me, and I'm cool with that. Yeah.
1: And I, and I remember thinking,
0: I don't respect. The fact that you're having this conversation with me.
1: Yeah, it's strange that they even would tell you that. What did they expect you to do?
0: They wanted me to quit the job. Because you got to remember, I was also, like, I wasn't just getting 15 minutes at night. Lots of guys
1: were door guys while they were doing stand-up. Not in a lot out of New York. That was oh, not, not New that York. Was, that say. was not the program. Yeah.
0: But I was not only just getting 15 minutes a night. I was getting their 15 minutes at night. Oh, uh, that's what I was. I was taking away a spot. Sure. I was taking one spot out of the lineup. So these guys were getting four spots a week. Now we're down to like two or one uh, because Bert got seven spots a week. Like I got, I got on, and I started working Friday and Saturdays because number one, I could turn a room. Yeah. Like I wasn't, it wasn't below me to fucking turn the room with the wait staff because I did it anyway. Yeah, it's great. It wasn't below me to bark on slow nights <laughs> yeah, and, and bring in people. And so now I'm getting like doing. I think I want to say we did three shows Saturday, so I'm getting like three hundred, six hundred bucks a week. I'm getting twenty five bucks a night doing barking. I get tipped out on big nights, like they give me another twenty five bucks. Yeah, so smart. I'm, theoretically, I'm walking away sometimes with like you know seven hundred bucks for the week, eight hundred bucks for the week, and I'm getting spots every single fucking night. But you're
1: earning those spots. It wasn't I'm, like I'm earning them because yeah. I'm, I'm earning them because I'm losing respect for pe- people. People are losing respect for me. But the people they, oh, they must have had the foresight to not foresight, but they must have had the. They must have been smart enough to see, like, well, he is working for the. Club. That's something I'm not willing to do. They were saying I'm not willing to do it, but if Burr didn't do it, I would get my spots back. That
0: was, ultimately what they were stupid. they were saying. But you know who didn't disres- didn't look at it as a as a as a shortcoming is Mark Marin. Greg, Greg, Greg Giraldo. no, Mark <laughs> Marin destroyed me one night. Greg Giraldo, Bill Burr, yeah, the Day guys Vittell, who get it. Fucking Patrice, yeah. like those guys were like. Man, do what you got to do. Absolutely, Bobby, Bobby Kelly didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he was they're like, like we wouldn't do it. Dude, I'm not going to fucking work the goddamn door. If you want to work the fucking door, do work the fucking door. But uh, <clears throat> but I looked back at that and I went, and then I remember being in a green room. I was I was uh, featuring for Jay Moore. Uh, we used to work together, and um, and uh, Rob Cantrell was who had done Last Comic Standing. One mm-hmm. was in the green room, uh, and I I love Rob, so I'm not talking shit about Rob. I'm t- I'm just sharing an experience, mm-hmm. and I remember Rob saying. I think he had been doing comedy like six years at the time, and he had done Last Comic Standing. Mm-hmm. But Rob was hosting, and I was featuring, and he was like saying, like getting real upset, saying like Why is Bert featuring? I should be featuring. I'm the name, and he was the name. Last mm-hmm. Comic Standing one was big. Yeah. He's like I should be featuring him, and, and I think Barry or Jay was just like Bert is a much like much more advanced comic than you. And and Rob's like, How long have you been doing it? Been doing it? And I was like, At the time, I was like four years. Rob's like, I've been doing it six. Sure. And they're like, Yeah. And I and then I think. Barrier Jay said, "Yeah, but his four years were their New York four years, yeah. like, and those are, and and I was like, yeah, and in my head I was like, hey, thanks for the compliment, guys, and, but I was sure. like, but I was like, yeah, they were like a New York four years, so I was comfortable on stage, yeah, and then once you get comfortable on stage, then writing material." For a guy like me, and I'd say a guy like you, but like for
1: a guy like me, then you work on getting material better. Sure, and once you get well, everyone uses the same measuring sticks, or, or uses like different measuring sticks. When there's lots of ways, somebody could be on TV. You know, like I can't, I can't think of anyone specific, <coughs> but like just because you have a show on the Food Network as the host and you're super famous doesn't mean you're ready to do stand-up. That's the to truth. Be doing, yeah, but like a lot of people, like you know, John Sally and all these guys, they think that they can. run our test, you know, And you're like, no, no, no. You're very famous at that. Yeah. This is different. And also like the same thing, even comedic TV shows. It's like, look at the guys from Jackass. So Steve-O does do
0: stand-up. Yeah. Me tours and does stand-up. Because he draws. People want to see him. And the guys, and the guy put together an hour that, it, that does not get him booed off stage. Mm-hmm. He does an hour. He, he doesn't get booed off stage because they love him. They love him, but they're allow. But but trust me, we all know guys. I'll Tell you if I a, do
1: an open mic set for an hour in front of my family reunion, they're not going to boo me off stage either because yeah. they love me.
0: <clears throat> but like you look at the other guys from Jackass, like uh, Preston Lacey oh, and yeah. Wee Man are trying to do stand up. Oh, okay, but they're not. I mean, there's there's something to be said for Steve O's hour versus their hour. Mm-hmm. So you, I, I look at it like that. Like like I don't think Steve O's going to win an Emmy for his his special <laughs> yeah. on Showtime. But you know what? He got a special on yeah, Showtime. No disrespect. People, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't disrespect the guy. He's doing what he's doing. Like it, it may not be uh, as as comedy fans yeah. of like guys who love fucking elephant. in The room is the best hour I've ever heard. thanks right. for the memory is the best album ever put out ever. I mean, if you want to talk comedy, I'll talk comedy with you for days. But but so like I may not look at um, Steve O's uh, special and go, I admire his writing or like. And, but I don't think Steve-O wants me to. Uh, I think steve just wants to make a living. It's not where he's at yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's young. He's been doing it for – but, you know, once again, that measuring stick measures Steve-O the same way it measures us, mm-hmm. that measures Amy Schumer, sure. that measures – I mean, there's people who – the female comics have been doing it longer who hate Amy Schumer because she blew up. Yeah. And you're like, well, fuck,
1: you can't – Yeah, you can't happened? get mad at her for succeeding. You yeah. can't
0: get mad at Amy Schumer for succeeding or, or Nikki Glazer. Oh, she was just a feature two years ago. Well, she's not –
1: yeah, Guys, that's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you can't. And so I was like, because I remember, like a year and a half, I got a college agent. I'd only been doing comedy for a year See, and a half. I that like that's something that people get
0: mad at. They go, well, hold on, I can do a clean hour. Yeah, well, you got to be bookable by colleges. Right. colleges gotta want you.
1: Yeah, and I was so close to their age. And the reason I got it is because this great comedian. He's the nicest dude in the world. His name's Kermit Apio and I know, that guy. You know, yeah he's yeah. the greatest and he just liked me because i loved comedy so much like i i i'm a very addictive dude that's why i've never done like coke or anything because i know i'm gonna i'll be homeless i'll spend every dollar on coke yeah. that'll be it yeah and i know myself well enough i, I didn't lose my virginity until i was like 21 seriously now i'm like a sex guy like this the first time i had it i was like i'm doing this as often as possible <laughs> same with stand-up His first time i did stand-up i was like i'm Doing this, I moved above, like right next to the comedy club. Like I was like, I'm I'm a comedian. I became very obsessed with being a comedian. Yeah, and that's never really gone away. This is kind of like a healthy addiction. But um, but then once again,
0: college comic. That's a different yardstick because you're doing hours on the road. You know, let me tell you that we know who's a hardcore college comic, Daniel Tosh. Absolutely, that dude did demolish. Did literally. 150 dates a year, and you gotta yeah. remember that's just in the fall and spring. That was like
1: spring. 10 grand a night. It was like that back in the day. It was before he was like, I mean, he was on Comedy Central, but he wasn't. No, on, dude, he oh, was before
0: that. No, I'm I'm I, Daniel Tosh is a guy that, like, so like the same jealousy you may get, Daniel Tosh got hardcore, sure, because he was funny, he was good looking, and he was and he had his shit together. He didn't sure. drink, didn't do drugs, like, and he was like. And it was like and he came from out of nowhere. All of a sudden this kid from Orlando has now got a Taco Bell national ad, oh, and he's yeah. doing spots wherever he wants, and he's murdering. And you know I love you, Daniel. I know you're not listening to this, but he was also a little bit of a dick.
1: Yeah, no, and <laughs> like, that's kind I of mean, his thing. He's like yeah. on the spectrum almost. Oh, oh yeah. my
0: god. I love him. And he didn't want any I love Tosh. But like I remember one time, uh I remember one time uh I Gary Goldman and I looked at uh Tosh's calendar and we were like, guys working. Like Twice a day sometimes, every day of the fall, every fucking yep. day. And and I remember walking up I was seeing him at the improv and being like, Hey man, like you were working a lot and Tosh looked at me, he's like, Have you been looking at my calendar? And I was like clearly yeah and then he goes yeah it's i have a mortgage and i went what and he goes yeah i have a mortgage i gotta pay a fucking mortgage so yeah i live down at the beach it's expensive so i work a lot And i was like oh and then he, but he wasn't like cool about it he's like yeah. yeah and then we just stopped talking i was he like was all obvious, right man. and i just walked away Duh. i was like
1: oh fuck i've been stalking this guy <laughs> but <laughs> well so i love comedy so much yeah. that i think i reminded this old guy that like he loves comedy too and i hate calling him an old guy he's just older than me who kermit appeal oh yeah 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 i think i like reminded him like yeah like i would always ask him stories about mitch hedberg and like all these different things i just loved comedy i wanted to know everything i wanted to hear all these stories and share his stories and because of that he was like hey if you want to start come with me you can like open for me on this because he's got these long drives and you want to be with a kid who was nice who wanted to talk to him and found him interesting and liked comedy and yeah and i just treasured every second in that car ride with like a real comedian like me and kermit appeal like on the road and because of that I'm opening for him for like 15 minutes or 20 minutes before a college crowd. And then he would get up there and talk about like marriage or like things. And the kids identified more with me just because I was so close to their age. My references were things they talk about. And my bits were about things that are going through. So it was, he was just like, you know what you, I'm going to put in a good word to my college agent and just tell her you should be doing these colleges. Like you're, doing really good so at like a year and a half this college agent like signed me and she was getting me all this college work like on she would be like oh if you want to drive two hours you have to be there by noon but it's like a college lunch gig 2500 bucks and i i went from like sleeping in my car to holding a check that said like 2500 dollars, and i remember just being like Not only am I a comedian, but and that's and that's just made my loyalty to stand up better. Like I went from one night those one nighters. that's That's a one show. One gig. And I was just like, so like comedy put a roof over my head it puts girls in my bed. It puts money in my wallet, food in my belly. Like, so my loyalty's always been to this because it literally, it kind of, in a way, like saved me. Like I was like a horrible employee at every job yeah. I've ever had. I've, I have no college degree and I don't even have a high school diploma technically. So like this really? job, yeah, like is I'm supposed to, but I don't. Really? Uh, yeah, it was like a long story. Shut up. How did that, that's so funny.
0: You're so different than the person people see from the outside. Yeah. From the outside looking in, I was like, where
1: did he go? Stanford? No, I can barely read. I have dyslexia. Like, are you serious? Yeah, I swear to you. Oh, I'm
0: dyslexic, mildly dyslexic. I think in that it was never diagnosed, and I just figured it out. My youngest daughter is like, like I make. I made a joke about it on stage that like when she reads, you can see her try to guess the word off your face. Oh yeah, yeah. Like pterodactyl, and you're like, (laughs) no, it's the Isla. Like. but she's
1: like I identify with that that's funny to me because it's what I do now like I'll read things sometimes like off like a side of a truck and I'm almost about to tweet about how fucking stupid this truck is and then I'm like wait no that doesn't say what I think it says uh, what did I just I'm almost about to make fun
0: of it publicly Uh, I was at I was at uh, I was at uh, Free Bear and Hot Wings show and I I I talked on Rogan about I used to be I used to drink boxes of wine on the road, mm-hmm. not realizing it's two and a half bottles as opposed to one. <laughs> yeah. So I'd have two and a half bottles and go, you know what? I can't believe that I actually have some left over. I'm not too too bad tonight. And so the the guys that different uh, measuring
1: stick there it is yeah you know? the guys oh it's that, one bag not
0: <laughs> the guys at free beer and hot wings uh, brought in a box of wine mm-hmm. and they were like which one would you like and I was like oh. Since it's the morning, let's go with the Chablis. <laughs> and I go, it's pink. It looks nice. And they're Breakfast like, yeah, the Chablis wine. it is. So we all start drinking it. And I go, I bet you could even put this in the fridge. And I look, and I realize the word I had read is Chablis just said chillable.
1: <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, no, that's every day of my life for so, sure. Wait, so what happened with high school? What did you just... I literally gave zero shits about school. All I cared about was making that... the. The students laugh and yeah. I ran for president every time just so I could get in front of the school and like read my stupid like little jokes slash, yeah. you know running I'd always win I didn't want it you know It's yeah. like I was just like it was just an excuse to get in
0: front uh I ran for I ran every year in my fraternity I ran for office with and just would get naked and give a speech yeah and then one year I took a shit on a pizza oh box. yeah no I know that and story yeah, that's incredible that's so
1: crazy I just want that's all I give a shit there was yeah. times where I'd come to class I remember this so well it's like Miss Lloyd was her name it was in drama and I'm just like in class and I'm just sitting there like smiling for attendance and she's like Jeff just go outside and I was like what and she's like I just I can't today I can't th- <laughs> just go outside you're free to walk around till your next class just don't fucking come back in here yeah. and I, and that was every day for me I just literally was trying I I found the code to all the the PA system yeah. so I would go do my morning announcements I would hide at this one payphone, which is in the cafeteria they'd have all the tables folded up before yeah. the ca- lunch so I would go behind there and I'd use that payphone. I'd put in the code and I would just go good morning it's time for your morning announcements from Jeff and on all the teachers are like oh, fuck. so i'm basically just able to say whatever i came up with i'm sure it wasn't that clever yeah. but it was just me being sexist about the volleyball team or like whatever and then i would wait till someone snatched me and like grabbed me and put me in the you know in the office and basically got in trouble like i blew up mailbox i just love kind of mischief i think it's like fun to goof general, off and general entertain general mischief is fun like yeah. general mischief
0: like like and i always say there's things I got in trouble for that, like, probably now I get arrested for. <laughs> like, I remember I went to, uh, um, there was the uh, Miss Florida State pageant, and every fraternity uh, sponsored a sorority, and you picked the girl, and then you, they as a team, figured out her talent or whatever. All the women are, are running for Miss Florida State. It's in, like, the big theaters. Maybe, like, 150 women, I guess. Nice. Was, like, for the first round. It was a big school. It 40,000 people. So, I... All of a sudden, like we're sitting there in a while and it's like 30 minutes past when this should happen. There's just sitting an open podium. So I just walk up to the podium and I'm like, All right. I go, I want to thank you guys for participating in Miss Florida State. You guys give yourselves a round of applause. And everyone starts clapping. And I was like, Fantastic. So if everyone could just real quick pass forward your physical forms. And everyone's like, Physical forms? What? the physical? And I go, Okay, not a problem. Don't worry. If you don't have a physical form, I will be conducting physicals in the back bathroom. And this, like, two girls got up and started. I go, yep, form a line behind them, and now all the girls are like, okay. And the girls start getting up, and then the person comes in and they're like, There's no physicals. <laughs> and I got in a lot of fucking trouble. Yeah,
1: but that's amazing. And you had to keep telling them, like, I wasn't going to actually do the physicals. I was right, like, Who
0: knows if I would have or wouldn't. It was back in the fucking nineties. I probably would have been like, all right, get undressed. The uh, but but uh but yeah, like I, I believe in once again, it's one of those things that I believe in that and I see keep saying comic spirit but like it's one I of the things I think that's a good way to put it sometimes i don't understand comics who don't get comics that that yeah. that, that just have this fucking like anti Establishment view on life, and
1: I'm doing it to make everyone else like happy and laugh you're and like it, you're me. That's it, what I, like that's, I want. That's
0: part of it, but I think part of it is who you are. It is. Yeah. It is back again. It's your constitution of like of like. If someone says don't with no valid reason, <laughs> yeah. you're saying
1: why not? Exactly. If you can't tell me why we're doing something, we probably shouldn't be doing it. Like I don't travel with drugs, but that's yeah.
0: not the comic spirit. I mean, there are a lot of comics that travel with drugs. I don't travel with drugs. Number one, I'm not a big enough drug guy to use one. But number two, the risk first reward in today's society is. Isn't worth it for me. Sure. I don't drink and drive. I don't fucking rape people. Right. I never have. I never. I've never been that kind of guy. I'm not a bad person. But if you dare me to get naked and climb to the sure. top of a sign, and I know where's I where's the harm in that? Where's the harm in that? And now, yes, there will be someone going. Yes, but I saw him naked.
1: That's an yeah. assault.
0: I go. Well, I don't fucking. Believe and a
1: lot that. of ways, do you often like think to yourself? Like, I do this a lot. Like I feel like. I owe this to them, like or like they expect this from me, and I'm going to deliver this for them. You know, I like went, you feel like it, a hero in a way. I when I was,
0: I'll tell you this much: at Barry Katz's wedding, I was sitting in between Jeff Ross and Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> and they John Demaggio, Frank Caliendo went up and did material, did like five minutes. <laughs> um, uh, uh, John DiMaggio went up and did uh, gave a speech, and then the mic was free. And just Jeff Ross goes, I don't know, Bert. I think you should talk. <laughs> like, clearly knowing I'm hammered and I'm the last person to talk. I don't know, And Bert. I look at Bobcat and Bobcat's like, I mean, it. now's the time. And, and I think we all want to hear from you. And they're like, come on, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, fuck it. And then I just got up there and ruined a portion of his <laughs> wedding. Like, ruined it. And then fucking took my shirt off and danced around with a tie on my head and fucking buddy hack it it was like it was like amazing but but, barry got pissed he was like didn't get didn't get the comic (laughs) spirit man didn't get it from me at least yeah like when
1: i bet he tells her like when you got drunk at my wedding i realized that was rock bottom and you're like you don't get me at
0: all well the best was and this is this is the true comic spirit have you ever heard the story about buddy hackett at his wedding no oh this is (laughs) this is the best this is the best so everyone's giving speeches. Uh, Buddy Hackett goes up to give a speech about Barry, and he goes up, and Barry had hired a, a Beatles cover band, really expensive Beatles cover band, because his wife was a big Beatles fan, or his fiance, ex-wife is, was a big Beatles fan.
1: She looks like a Beatles fan. She Yeah,
0: she looks like a Beatles fan. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Buddy Hackett goes up, and the band start exits the stage, and the keyboard is humming, going... Yeah. Like, just a, just a, l- a mild bit. hum in the back. <laughs> and Buddy Hackett's like, all right, before I start, let's turn this thing off, please. Can you turn this off? And he's like, anybody, please just turn this off? And it's just like sitting there, and he goes, perfect. I'm not joking up here. And he's like, I'm doing a horrible Buddy Hackett. And he's, no, like, he's like, just someone turn this this fucking thing off. Are we... Turn it off or I'll turn it off myself. And everyone's just silent. And he goes, fuck it. And he takes his drink and he throws it on the keyboard. And I'm not even joking. It does almost the perfect screen test for a keyboard shorting out. Like what you'd see on a
1: sitcom. It goes,
0: sparks fly up. Sparks fly sparks fly up. The noise stops and smoke starts coming up. It was so funny that we thought it was planned. And he goes, All right, and he goes, and I'd like to say some things, and it was, well, Barry ended up having to pay like fifteen grand for this fucking keyboard at his wedding. They were like, we need to check for this right now because Buddy Hackett threw a drink on it. So I got lumped in, and Buddy, but Buddy Hackett doing that was the perfect comic spirit of like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah, no, that's Buddy Hackett was the blast at Barry's wedding. (laughs) We sat in the back, and he was like. All he kept making was Jewish jokes about Barry's <laughs> wedding because it was like that. It was so you sat in the back. It was like me, Jeff Ross, just listening to Buddy Hackett destroy. <laughs> I mean, destroy, and just sat in the back the whole time. Oh, that makes me so happy. So
1: wait, so so what was what what was it like after Last Comic Standing? Oh, so after Last Comic Standing, it was like my dream come true. I was I never say anything bad about that show because it really did change my life. I went from just like headlining colleges in the Pacific Northwest. Who's on
0: your season? Um, top so, top, or it,
1: name anyone anyway, uh, Louis Ramey Jim Tavare myself this impressionist named Marcus and then Eliza Schlesinger I know Juan.
0: Marcus I know Jim Tavare is the big guy that looks like Frankenstein yeah and I know Marcus I just hung out with Marcus oh really in uh, in Salt Lake City yeah Uh,
1: t- like two weeks ago
0: yeah I really like Marcus yeah fun First guy I guy.
1: mean he's very misunderstood but yeah he's a uh, he's a good dude yeah I, good guy at heart yeah very like yeah we he had a he's
0: uh was it April 9th yet is it April 8th and 9th? Uh, what day is today? April 12th. Well, well, he just was that headliner there. <laughs> I was going to promote his date. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's nah, too late. But
0: so so you guys, that was the top five?
1: Yeah, I got third and I uh, literally changed my life in the fashion that now I became like a headliner everywhere in America. Like, and that's all I wanted. That was always just my goal. I was never trying to be a TV host. I just loved stand up. I wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. And this like solidified me as like, this is the dude who, you know, who was a comic. I remember like, um, Triumph the Insult Dog, he did like a thing, uh, Robert Smigel did, the thing where Triumph roasted us on the last thing. Yeah. And he didn't have any roast jokes for me and I went up to him and I said, hey man, like how come, I, I'm obsessed with Triumph, like why didn't you, and he goes, to be honest, because it's him and Robert Feldman, you know that is? No. Uh, he's great. And he was like, they're like, well, you're actually good. We just thought you were a good comic. Like, what are we going to say about you? Oh, you're so good. Like, what are we supposed to do? So yeah. we just, we think you're going to win and we think you're great and all this different stuff. And then, um, the same thing happened with Joel McHale. He came on for the finale episode and he's like, Oh, I didn't write any jokes for you. You're going to be fine. I, I like you. I think you're a real comedian. Really? But he just roasted everyone else. And so, that's all I was looking for, like that, like validation. Like, yeah, I am a comedian, see? Yeah. And so then I started touring all over, and then Barry Katz was like, You got to move to Los Angeles because I was still living in Seattle.
0: And I was like, I see, don't There you go. one Nail one for Barry Katz. That's good advice.
1: That is good advice, yeah. But he was like, You got to move to LA to do TV. You got to be on TV, dude. You got to like. That's still good dude. advice. Yes, it's good.
0: Because and- you, you I, I've, I was, I've always fallen in the same spectrum you fall in, which can beget jealousy, which is. We can get a, there's a lot of different jobs we can get just based on the fact that we can muscle. We're comics, but we can also uh, be a middle of the road, acceptable to an audience because we can also host shit. Sure, like I like I worked. I've worked my whole like life just being yourself. You can yeah. just be yourself. You can yeah. just be me. I can just be Burke. You, you, you every day and every night. Like I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I wish I could find the name. We'll just say Jay London. Okay. Like you better be in the mood for some jay london sure if you want him to host his show yeah. or it better be about like being locked up in a like jay's just a very uh, unique individual sure you know and but like alonzo's like that you can plug alonzo people a have been lot
1: telling of- me for the whole three years before that i should move to la though i remember like yeah. bill burr came to town and terry was like which one of the comics you saw tonight like do you like what do you think about him he's like oh they're good you know blah blah he goes that jeff Dye kid should have been in la like last week man and when his, people
0: when comics tell you that on the road fucking listen yeah we don't sure. say that to everybody yeah there's a lot of guys i don't say move to la too yeah that, but if i think you should move to la move to la i, I hung out with a guy named travel travis carl travis he's out of virginia beach this weekend and i i was like the first thing i said was I, we were getting off stage in late show and my feature act, um, Adrian said, "You got to watch this guy; he's really funny." And I watched him. I was like, "Oh, he is funny." And then the first thing, as we said, I got on stage. I go, "What are you doing in Virginia?" Beach? Yeah, of course. I was like, "You," and he's like, "Oh, I live in New York now." It's like, "Good,
1: <laughs> yeah, get like, out."
0: But so you, so then
1: a lot you, of comics were tell me to move to LA. But then Barry was the one. It's like you gotta just get to LA. Yeah. So um, once I got there, I got a show called Numb Nuts, which was on MTV. It was supposed to be like the competition with Jackass. Yeah. Um, and it never went on TV. Ashton Kutcher made it. It was like twelve million dollar budget per episode. It was like this Holy crazy. Shit exciting kind of show. And it was me hosting. It was like Jackass meets uh, Fear Factor. And I was the host Oh wow And I got paid good and everything But I also felt like everyone thought I made it up I leave the trailer for that show on my website To this day Because I feel like a lot of people think I made that show up Because I was like Oh I'm living in LA now I got a show with Ashton Kutcher And I feel like people were like Yeah sure you do Yeah Yeah sure you've been in LA for a month You already have a show with And I was like No I swear it's real I promise And it never went on TV So that was a big thing Um, But then that And then I got Money from Strangers Which is like a hidden camera show That went on for two seasons Because MTV liked me But they didn't want to put the Numb Nuts show on and then a Comedy Central Presents and Live at Gotham. Um, and then like TV, I did all the Just for Laughs festivals and there was like some of those were taped on TV. Yeah. And then after that, um, oh, I got put on Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Yeah. How did that happen? I saw that. The weirdest thing. I don't know. They just were like, we, you know, like the later seasons, like their ratings were dropping. So I think they were just trying anything to get different demographics to watch them. Yeah. So they brought an Exhibit. Like being like, Oh, this will oh, yeah. make more urban people like watch the show. Let's bring in this young comedian that'll get young people maybe to watch and we always are like sad but we're not always funny. So I did that. That show was really fun to work on, but it was I a real bet. learning experience.
0: Well that's the other thing that I think that people look I think a lot of people look from the outside and go, Oh, you've been like you, you you had all these opportunities well not not all the opportunities are successful mm-hmm. most of them all of my opportunities have usually ended in 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 getting canceled at one point. <laughs> yeah because TV all, but they're all learning they're, it's all a learning sure curve for me like and i learned i've learned so much in television that that is the that you can put a price tag on that is that like i literally know so much about television sure. that that is what is the valuable part. But I think people a lot of times get jealous of like, oh, wait, how many, like I did, I probably, I'm not even joking, I probably did 29 pilots from Shievers. 2001. No, probably 2001 maybe to 2000, well, I don't know when, I, I've been on Travel Channel, for two, to, to 2010. I did probably like 29 pilots, maybe, maybe 50. Sure. Like just, and you know, the deal was 10 grand flat rate uh, we're gonna need you for two days, and it was just hosting. I hosted the dumbest shit in the world, <laughs> yeah. and I hosted stuff they should have gone. Tom Segura and I wrote a sh- uh, did a show called uh, called Drunk Bus. I think it was called I <laughs> Drunk Bus. It was great. It was it was like cash cab, but with drunk the it, it is. By the way, I had you gotta remember, like this is well before anyone appreciated how funny Tom was. <laughs> I had Tom Segura, one of the top headlining (laughs) comics in the country, as the showrunner. No one would hire this fucking guy. He was probably 29 years old. I was probably 36. And no one would ever hire him. Tom Tom went in and fired the director and just said, I'm going to do it. And Tom wrote segments like, Mexican or not a Mexican. (laughs) And so like we had we just did segments where you when you'd picked up definitely only when you picked up Mexicans, you'd show pictures of Latinos and go, Mexican or not a Mexican. And they're like, J-Lo. They're like, Oh, Mexican. <laughs> like they fucking failed everyone. Uh Tom, it was the funniest <laughs> fucking show. I love that. But it was uninsurable, like you couldn't because everyone was fucking hammered. The one thing Tom said, he goes, I think when they go into the bus, they should hit a breathalyzer, and whatever number they blow, you just add a zero to the end, take out the point, <laughs> and that's their bank. Dudes were getting fucking blitzed, like Oh shit! He blew like a fucking 2.0, And point zero. You're like, holy crap! Like, I mean, people were like 0.24. getting blitzed coming in, and uh, sounds awesome. And but that or didn't a funny go. show. So like, but you learn so much out of that. Sure. And You're like, but but people get jealous and they go, not je- jealous is a wrong word, but they go, how many you did? Fa-? Like, it seems like you're doing every pilot you ever I've ever seen you go in. You you book it. You're right. like, no, it's not that. It's just whatever the fuck they're looking for. I found it. Absolutely. You know, i not as good looking I'm a little bit better looking than an executive producer sometimes but not (laughs) so good looking that they can't relate to me sure but like you've done that you've done
1: a dick load of like yeah it's always like it's like some people call it being like a journeyman but like in a weird way like I've I if you put me in the scenario I'm going to do my best to just knock it out of the park. Like what do I know about home improvement? Nothing. But I can be myself, yeah. on, a, on a thing like talking to like little kids and making rooms for them and shit, like trying to figure it out. Um you know, like a hidden camera thing. I learned hidden camera. Or if I I'm very adaptable. Like as long as I'm just yeah. allowed to be myself and be silly and goof off and have fun and um and so that's why I just did a show on NBC called I Can Do That. And um it was I'm the comedian on the show. Joe Jonas is the pop star. Nicole Scherzinger is the female pop star. Sierra's like the hip-hop star. Right. Cheryl Burke was the dancer. And uh, it's hosted by Marlon Wayans. But it was basically, we sit in chairs, kind of like on The Voice. Mm-hmm. And then performers come out and perform for us. And if... If we think we can do it, we have to run idea. up, hit a buzzer, and say, I, I can love do that. This idea. And then we get seven days to work with them. Oh, I and on love the this seventh day, idea. we have to perform what we've learned over those seven days. Oh, I love this fucking idea. It was awesome. The first week I worked with the Harlem Globetrotters. So th- I learned that. I know how to spin a basketball on my finger, I can do it as long as anybody wants like I just it's the coolest feeling yeah. i get picked first every day at the basketball court cuz i just spin a ball and then they'll see how shitty i am once i'm in the on in the game yeah
0: like oh i, I want, want him yeah, bounce it off their back hey put it
1: in your shirt <laughs> yeah, yeah they like that's traveling this guy sucks he doesn't know how real basketball is played oh that's great and then the next week i did um Oh, I shot crossbows with Nicole Scherzinger, like this like talent like stunt crossbow act. And then I did this one thing where it was like balancing with like a little chihuahua, so it was like a dog act. Then dancing, which is like ballroom dancing I did with Sierra. This other kind of dancing called Palabolis with Cheryl Burke. And the final week I did. Um I don't remember what I did the final week, but basically that's a great example of just I'm going to go in there and just do whatever the hell I can do and, to try to be funny. And there's
0: something that people there's an there is a intangible in that in that talent is that you are you are someone who can who can kind of shapeshift into a guy of many talents or a guy that is willing enough to put themselves out there to fail also
1: yeah like,
0: like you don't exactly there's no
1: ego involved just trying i'm just gonna try and i think that's one thing like you learn in comedy like when you first start you're like i don't know if i can get in front of this comedy club full of people and then once you kind of get good at getting in front of comedy club then they test your boundaries like now you're gonna go on the road yeah and you're like i don't know if i can go to a bar where but there's like split, people there's playing people. pool and you just learn that like now if i put you in front of a bar full of people you're gonna crush if i put you in front of a comedy club you're gonna crush and they go all right now we need you to do a college and you're like oh college kids like like a, yeah. and and you would learn that now if I put you in front of a college you're gonna crush every time or like The Parlor it's like full of like the hot have you ever done that show like Jay Davis's show The Parlor yeah. in Hollywood it's full of like the hottest chicks you've ever seen in your life and you're like I don't know if I can do this like I'm gonna be performing in front of like yeah. you just become a doctor and say think the same things with TV like when I first was the the day before I was about to do the hidden camera show, I was like, I don't know if I can talk to strangers on the street with hidden ca- and act. Like, you know, is this going to be funny or what? But then you just figure it out. Now, if you put me on a hidden camera show, like I'm kind of know exactly what I'm doing, and I'll be able to just get right into it. So the more things you try, the less scared you get in any situation in life.
0: But I think also that has to that speaks to the people who in both in both sides of this uh, in like the alt community and in I guess what is bro comedy or whatever the fuck sure. we do whatever the <laughs> whatever they whatever they call it but like there are people on both camps that refuse to do the road that right. are like that are like i don't know i don't like initially they go well, i'm not doing the date and funny bone fuck those people they don't get good comedy Ugh. and you're like well you can't say that that's actually inaccurate the date and funny bone is filled with a lot of people that are straight up comedy fans yeah. and they've, and and granted there are people that love hypnotists i'm not saying the hypnotists right. are one way or the other but there are people that love only hypnotist acts and and love bullshit cheesy shit trust me about that however there are people that get good comedy too. They're human beings. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're, regular people. Yeah, and just also. Because they don't
1: have a fixed fixed gear bike and have fucking skinny jeans. And I on. bet those people will love them too for not being like them. Like yes. they're going to go, I love it. I've never met a guy like this. But that, who, that hinders those one people. One gear? Why would you have one gear? You know, yeah, like they're, they're yeah. going like to find you fascinating and interesting and not. They can't close off. Like I agree with you 100%. Because I looked at the road and I was
0: like, well, fuck, I'm uncomfortable. The first day, date I ever had a ride to do was because Dane got sick, and it was at the Houston last sp- stop, last stop, last stop. stop. Yeah, last stop. It was the good know. one, and I filled in, and I was like, I was scared, I was nervous. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Like, well, I really you go there with a the preconceived like, well, I got to talk about cowboy hats and guns, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, you know. But you go, oh, they're just regular people. They sure. have a mall
1: also. Yeah, like they, <laughs> they're humans. Yeah, they're they don't, just regular they don't drive in taxis, people. but. As long as you speak in English and you're funny, yeah, and sometimes you—they're gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. So
0: when did you start going? Like, what was the? What was? The, was there a drop off from last comic standing
1: touring offers to where you guys are now? Like, to um, where- the only drop off was because I would just drink so much, and like I was under the philosophy of, um, dude, I don't ever want to be the comic where they're like, oh, Jeff Die was here last week, and he like thought he was hot shit. So I kind of overcompensate, and I'm like, I'm. Getting drunk with them at Super night, approachable, yeah, and I'm yeah. like chatting with them. I'm not even in my green room. I'm hanging out in the kitchen, and and I'm getting them trashed late at night. I'm buying rounds, not knowing that, that isn't always good it's because not always good but it's not bad necessarily either everyone loved me but the person that books me is like dude my servers are coming in late all fucking <sighs> hung over and shit because they were partying with the comedian last night or I heard Jeff banged one of the waitresses and I only hired that waitress because I like her. you know yeah. so it's kind of like you run into all these little things and whenever they would call Barry Katz and tell him like hey Calm your boy down. He's like he's just going crazy on the road. Barry would be like, he's going to be a star, all right. Don't you know He'll do what he wants instead of like coming to me and be like, Jeff, here's how we do these kind of things. Yeah. You know, like you know, if it's okay, you can get drunk, but like now, don't get drunk near the. But he didn't ever give me none of that advice. You had no, you
0: had no shaping in that in that path. I remember right. telling Ian I need to be Bag. told. I remember someone's. Ian was going into clubs and doing the work and then leaving immediately. So he's like, I don't want to get hammered with the staff. I don't want to fuck anyone. Mm-hmm. He was single at the time. And he was like, I'm just doing the I'm doing my work and then I'm selling. I'm being very polite. I'm tipping out. I'm not even eating really. I'm tipping yeah. out and I'm going back to the room. And he got this this I overheard someone say, No, he's like a fucking diva. He does not even hang out with us. Yeah. And then I called Ian and I go, Hey man, just giving you a heads up. This is what was said. Sure. And he was like, wait, I'm doing the right fucking thing. Yeah. Like, you're the one getting hammered with everyone and they love you. Why? And I was like, well, because I'm married. So, like, I I have this, like, big brother at it. They're like, oh, Bert's the best. He's buying us drinks and yeah. he's not trying to fuck anyone. Sure. And, and I told him and he was like, well, fuck it. And then I'll hang out with him. Yeah. Like, and Steve Byrne said the same thing. Like, he was like,
1: what? But no one's shaping your your path it has a to man. be this kind of perfect middle ground where you're not being a creep and you're not trying to well, like you're
0: not good looking like I, like I was in the perfect things so I was married I had kids yeah. I talked about that on stage but I also like to get fucked up and have a good time sure. so I'd go out with them I wouldn't hit on anybody they I knew wouldn't... what to expect and yeah, I, yeah. and they were like they were like Bert's great I'd buy a round of drinks and then I'd head out early It was like just – I was just shy of ordering cocaine with them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But up until right when they got cocaine. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that that, that's where there was a dip because the word got out like this dude – I mean – I think if I was dry, like if I was selling out every show no matter what, they yeah. probably would have been willing to deal with that much of a wreck. But it's that my numbers weren't good enough to make up for how much of a just going wild kind of guy that I was. So there was a little dip there. Um I got rid of my whole team and I got new people who were willing to just be like, listen dude. Get your shit together. This is some of our clients who do it the right way. Yeah. You know, we get what you are. We totally understand your what your style and your mentality. And I, w- I was able to like adapt. And then now we're back doing good. I got another show coming on NBC in the summer. So basically, I shoot in LA like on weekdays, and then I'm on the road every weekend. I never take a weekend off. Yeah i love it and it's a perfect schedule whenever i'm sick of whatever town i'm in i'm in albany with brant last week just when we started to be like i'm kind of over albany i get to come home and do fun stuff like this or like yeah. go shoot tomorrow or like i'm supposed to have a meeting with nbc at three o'clock it's like we get i get to go do whatever i want and then when i'm kind of like tired of la like i get to go right back to some new city it's it's great i meet friends that's and
0: fucking that's the that's the perfect that's what i'll tell you can i tell you if this, if i was going in a time machine right now mm-hmm. and talking to myself at 33 like if i was going to talk to myself at 33 i definitely say different things i definitely say hey don't blow off dane as a crazy man who's th- I talking dane. about the internet because like no no i'm saying that no, oh yeah that's what i've said to me because oh, dane okay. was like talking <laughs> yeah. about the internet and i was like he's out of his fucking mind <laughs> who goes into chat rooms like <laughs> yeah. who goes on a message board what like, a waste of time this myspace thought, thing i literally thought <laughs> I told him MySpace is a waste of time. That's really funny. We were hanging out in his office in his old place, and he was, like, typing in things. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm chatting with fans. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I remember being like, What a like, dork. Like, yeah, but, like, that's the way I looked at the business. And sure. I I, I would have listened more. I would have paid attention to, like, the fact that Tower Records was about to go out of business and been like, wait, what's that mean for everything? Like, Dane really was. And I say, you know, Say whatever you want about Dane. Anyone can say whatever they want, but I'll say tell you the true facts or the Dane was like, Hey man, that's so funny. I noticed that that mp3s are coming out that's the future i'm recognizing that i'm just gonna upload all my shit to napster for free i don't care about the money i'll just whereas i was like no 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 you want my cd you spend ten dollars yeah absolutely and dame was just like Frat. and all of a sudden you're like oh the biggest comic in the world yeah for and sure. then you started realizing all hedberg stuff's there all bill hicks stuff, like you're like whoa like i would look at like all the stuff you're doing i, I mean i i i, I I can't believe television's ever going to go away, but like I do believe that big portions
1: of television are going to disappear. Absolutely, soon. it's like radio. It's going to go back to the big three networks. Yeah, I'm being serious. NBC's been great to me. We're, I'm like locked in with them pretty good, and I've like, I've not, I've not, I was never exclusive with MTV, even though I worked a ton with them. I was never, and I was took it like exclusivity, kind of like the same way I'm single all the time. It's like I'm not no, I don't want to be stuck with something, yeah. but. Now that NBC, it's like the hottest girl in school, being like, "You want to be exclusive?" So I'm like, "Yeah, of course, I'll be exclusive well, with you." Yeah, I will hold your hand. <laughs> yeah. in front of the locker room. I'll tell everyone I'm with you. I'll wear your jersey. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I feel pretty good with where I'm at now, but it hasn't always been that. It was usually just taking what I could get. This it just is felt where you good to be, be. wanted. This know? is
0: where you should be at 43. I'll tell you right now.
1: You should take everything
0: you're learning right now with these production companies and literally and, and the, these networks and literally slow it down and go and do like focus on doing a good job, but pay attention to the way the people that are making the most, the people that are making the back end money, how they're working. And at 43, you I wish I could I wish I had done it. I wish I had paid more attention. I just wanted a paycheck. I wanted to do the road. I wanted to party. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have a family, pay for them, that was it. But now I look at it at 43 and I'm like, I wish I had been. I wish I, I wish that when like people had offered like, hey, do you wanna? Do you know I, I would be like eh, I'm good. I you got your job, I got my job. I'm yeah. gonna do my job really good, so we can get picked up, and you do your job really good, and then we won't have to worry about it. Right? You should take these opportunities as literally like graduate school, sure. and be like and be like really figuring out like talk to the guy who sold that show. I love the premise of that show, but find out where he came up with his idea and where like and whittle it down like really pick people's brains. Yeah, execs um writers fucking uh i mean i wouldn't like i'm really interested in cameramen and sound and audio equipment because i'm shooting a vlog on the road and i'm interested in how people work like and and i'm interested in what people get paid i'm interested in like what bottom lines are like i'm I'm interested in why like i was sitting next to the president of uh of scripts of who owns all diy ctv all that i was mm-hmm. sitting next to her and i was talking about um Talking about something about a person and I was their motivation for doing that show because I was like, That's odd. Why is that person doing that? And I was like, Because I was like, That I know how much I get paid, they can't pay that person that much. So, Alina was like, Hey, what's uh, just out of curiosity, why are they doing that? And Mm -hmm. she was like, That's an insightful question. Why do you say that? And I said, Well, like, I don't know, how'd you get them? And they were like, Well, I can tell you. And then she explained why that person was doing that, and I went oh, that's interesting. Right. So that's the way the biggest stars in the world are working? Like, that's the way they're working backwards? Oh, that's interesting. And then I thought, oh, I wonder if I could work that way. And then I was like, okay, what way can I work that would be the same thing that then say, like, say like a Will Smith is doing it a certain way. How can I do it that way in my career sure. so that I can build the same way he's looking to build when he's a mega star? Like LeBron? So, yeah, like LeBron. Any, yeah. Like like. And so I, I kind of like, I would be remiss if we didn't leave today with me saying like, the The one thing I look back at is I really regret is focusing on being a just a good host and just a good comic sure because nowadays you have to wear so many fucking hats like like the one of the biggest hiccups in me ever is learning how to post edit oh, a, yeah. a podcast like that was like when I first started this podcast, that would take an hour and a half. Sure. I would be there forever, like. Figuring God, it out, yeah. Paste. Like, how come I can't hear it out of one ear? <laughs> like, how do I cut? Like, yeah, yeah. And now I'm editing vlogs myself and pulling audio from one side. Sure. And so it's like, that's this business is going so that way. You will be in the talent generation that will be of the cord cutters. Sure. where Where your connection with NBC will be so valuable. Because it will go back to CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox. Just like when I was in high school, yeah there were you're gonna get rid of the speeds and the the fuse
1: and the yeah. g <laughs> the uh what is the 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 guy one the the fucking whatever it used to, it used to be like um g four yeah. what's it, Now it's like the. They were like, oh, it's an all guy network. I was like, this isn't going to work. Fucking
0: sausage party. Like, but <laughs> they're going to start disappearing. No, you're you are. You say, like, Viceland's doing a good job, I think. Mm-hmm. But Viceland's just taking content that would have gone on the internet. Shit that would have gotten a thumbs up on the internet and putting it online. Yeah. That's the big thing no one's yeah, doing like right YouTube now. YouTube is. <laughs> you look at some of these people. More people making- watch YouTube than think is if would this gotten a thumbs up on youtube sure. then we should program it
1: yeah, absolutely but like i don't know i what do you what is, what's your goal like what's your um I, I just i just did a movie in miami and i'm trying to do i liked that so much because i've always liked acting but i've always been like like when i was very young i was too broy for like theater like i was like this is some gay shit like i hated it but <laughs> As I got older and it started, like, b- developing a brain, like, I realized, like, oh, theater is really beautiful and it's really good, but it's also, like, a little too hard. I'm not, like, trained in that. But with TV or, like, movie, they, like let you do it over and over again so you can yeah. just like master like these little nuances and facial expressions so through doing that i've really like gotten like a love for acting i saw
0: you on the Turks bentley
1: yeah yeah uh, drunk on a plane yeah. yeah and i love that it was a very like fun to like learn how to like just kind of tell a story and i think eventually i'd like to do theater but definitely i'm not going to be there for like a really long time but i want to work on that like more stuff. more
0: movies and sitcoms yeah i'd like to do movies and like, sitcoms. what's your goal like if like like obviously obviously and i say this i'll say this for me me, as you I don't want to get rid of the work I have I love no, what I do for yeah, Travel but Channel. this will always be I there. love hosting I love, yeah. I'll do it forever I I'll want tell to you exactly
1: it. what my goal is I'd like to be the Will Smith of stand-up comedy except imagine if you could watch Will Smith on a movie and they'd be like you want to go down to Laugh Factory and watch him at 10 o'clock you mean this guy yeah he's right down they've an approachable yeah. kind of star that you see like in movies. Except I'm also I'm coming for Jimmy Fallon's job. Like I want that. In ten years I want to be sitting at that desk and that like when he's done with it that I want that job.
0: That's a fucking good goal to have. Yeah. That's that's I'm coming.
1: I'm already in at NBC. They're already like putting me in all these different things and that's what you I'm want? coming man He's yeah. fucking smart And he'll be You know he won't want it He'll be retired and shit And I'll take it You never know He might be the next Johnny Carson You might want someone else to have like it 60. And I'll steal it like Leno <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I'm days, coming What days do you have coming up Um, Let's see here This weekend me and Brant We're at the Hard Rock Casino On Wednesday in I know the weekend I'm in Omaha are you in Omaha this weekend? The Omaha Funny Bone. Ah, I've got a lot of fans in Omaha. Oh, yeah?
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Omaha. the
1: Omaha Funny Bone. And then on Wednesday, we're at the Hard Rock Casino, which is, I don't know where it's at. It's like an hour and a half away. And oh,
0: I know where it is. Uh, it's in Sioux City.
1: You're right, Sioux City.
0: That's a great club. Is it good? Oh, it's a lot of fun. You're going to fucking love it. I had a great time in that room.
1: Then I'm at Wayne State College the following Thursday Yeah. in Nebraska. And then the weekend after that, uh, I think I'm at the Kansas City Improv.
0: I haven't been to the KC Improv. I've been to the KC Improv, I haven't been to the St. Louis Funny Bone yet. I'm going to that one. That one's new. Um, yeah, those are my next few dates. This is dropping tomorrow. I'll probably post cool. it tonight. Uh, this weekend, I probably said this at the beginning, but Des Moines, Calgary uh, Travel Channel, Philadelphia Calling Sick to Work Tour, Cinco de Mayo. You got to do a Call Sick to Work. You and Brandon have to do me, a Call Sick to Work Trust me, man. I'll do anything tour. with you, dude. You're the you greatest. You're sick to work shows? No. Oh, it's great. We go on the radio, we drink from 6 till 10, <laughs> and then we do a show at noon at the club. Sounds incredible. And, you, and then you can head out and do a show that night. Sounds good. fucking so much
1: fun. Where, where are you doing? Where are you doing, are uh, they always in the same place, or are they on no, the road? No, I'm just
0: doing, um, Philly is on the 5th, that's the next one I'm doing. Oh, that's doing a Helium, for, right? For C- Cinco de Mayo, um, Brea Improv, DC Improv, Helium in St. Louis, it's not a funny, bone it's St. Louis, it's a Helium, Schomburg, Flappers, Orlando, whatever. Go to b- fun. I'll um, hit you
1: up for that, man. I really will. That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, we, we got to do one. It, we'll figure
0: it out. We'll do it when I'm in a place that you guys are at. Yeah. I'll look at your schedule, see if there's a place you're doing one. When oh, you're in Omaha this weekend. This weekend, I'm doing. A, I could do. I'm going to do one with Todd and Tyler. Uh, do a call and stick to work show with Todd and Tyler and Colleen in Omaha soon. Um, but yeah, that's great.
1: That's a fun idea, man. Yeah, they're really
0: fun. They're really chaotic though. That's great. That's like, that's
1: what we're in this for.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I went to Columbus. <laughs> they started drinking there at like ten. They didn't leave until six PM. There was at least two hundred people. The show sold out, but there was at least two hundred people
1: round Robin style in the bar from ten till six. That's amazing. We
0: drank the fuck out of that place.
1: That's I stopped drinking on stage. And now we'll just – what I do is it's like I'm like a child who gets rewarded with his booze. Like after the show, I run and I drink whiskey and beer. That's and, the
0: fucking greatest thing.
1: Because I used to get, be the guy that everyone's like, let's send this dude shots. And i just doing all the material about drinking and just having a good time. But the problem is I'd have a late show. And it'd be like getting me fucked up like on my lunch break, you know. And then like watching the dude try to come back to work. And he's like humping the cubicle and being like, yeah, fuck the pop machine too. Because the whole late show, I'm just a mess.
0: <laughs> uh, they got They sent shots to me in Virginia Beach this weekend like – like nine shots to the stage. And I was like, and I was in a way, I was in a way and I was like, oh, and when we had, I had a proposal. So, uh, I, I had to do a proposal. I, that video moment, was so. incredible. Oh, that's a good, yeah, it's a I good, love that. It's the good guy thing, proposal, right? that was adorable. It's, it's a great way. If you ever need to use it for like, if they ever like, if they ever say, "Hey, we have a proposal," you can always, do it, always, always. I say this to every comic because so I've already done it. Yeah. Like, I did like, it
1: once a long time ago, but I just had the guy pretend like he was heckling me. Oh, really? And he was like, and then I was like, he, she was actually really embarrassed of him because she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Oh. And I was like, "Oh, you think you can do better? Why don't you come up here if you think you can do better than me?" And he goes, "I can do better." And he like went up there, and then he, um, his wife was like in the front row. And yeah. They were like in the front ish, and then he got up there and he's like, "All right, here's one." And then he just got down on his knee and like proposed to her, and like, but like the way you did is obviously way more creative and more likable. I made this it's, guy kind of the dick of yeah. the room, and then he uh, he calls you the n word. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh, sorry, I got out of control. Uh, at least he's in love. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, yeah. The um, I was trying to think. What were you saying right before that?
0: I would say if you if anyone ever wants to use that like yeah. there are things that happen in comedy that are that I was like I was like I'd love to have an out like because there are times when you're younger when a when a club will be like hey we got a proposal on the late show and you're like I don't know how to fucking finagle that right and it's a, it's a great. It's a great little mechanism, but you got to take your shirt off to blindfold them. Yeah, but man, that was that fucking was, good. Was awesome. She started crying. I started yeah, crying. So sweet. The crowd, the front rows, crying. I was it like, was
1: great. The guy was so nervous. When you watch it the second time, you can see how nervous that dude. Oh, was. he was
0: shaking and he was sweating. He was sweating. And then the one thing I regret
1: is I made him take his shirt off.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had like, to do that. with had to shirt do his off. shirt off. Proposal was fucking shirtless.
1: Yeah, what a great screen grab that's gonna be. Oh, and you like really close to him with your shirt off, narrating. Oh fuck!
0: All right, it's well, really I appreciate you doing this, man. Thank Thanks for having much. me. That I appreciate was two it, dude. hours. I think that's good. I think everyone's yeah, be, man. We had a good fucking podcast. Uh <sighs> anytime. We, what we have to do is a three way Mew and Brand drinking for podcast. sure. i I'm, 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 I'm gonna look at my calendar. Perfect. We love a, that. Find a time that we're all home. And we'll do it. That's my thing, dude.
1: Awesome, Let's do it. You're the greatest.